Lethal Nutsack. Okay, so what are you Googling? Uh, who, what movie it's from. What movie it's from that it's Little Nutsack. <laughs> okay, well. Nutsack. At least now, we, at least we know what we're going for. Did you ever yeah. think you were going to put that into Google? No. I didn't think, I, I couldn't imagine. Micropenis, maybe, Little Nutsack, no, not so much. Um, I had a friend who will remain nameless, who once told me, and I mean verbatim, apparently it had already been done, but then, if you do this, why would you come tell me and tell other people? But just, I guess, woke up one day and said, I can't believe it. Um, I never thought I'd actually have penis tattoo in my Google search results. (laughs) I said, you searched for penis tattoo? Yeah. Who did this? They will remain nameless on the podcast. Okay. It was not me. Sounds like something Dave would search. I'm just saying. (laughs) 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 It'd be Vegeta's fist, and he'd have the rest of him tattooed on his body. (laughs) It'd be like a Kamehameha blast, like, for his hand. You know... It's a good thing that you can't see face palms in audio because that is so what that is. Oh, you can see, even see the veins in his forearm, and Dave would probably tell that's you that. A good, and it would have to be Vegeta too. Yeah, Vegeta, that's the blonde guy, right? With the spite, the hair. I think spikes. they all become blonde whenever they're in their rage mode or um, the, their highest level that they can obtain. Well, Dave's in rage mode like seventy-five percent of the time. That's why so maybe, his hair is always blonde. Okay. See, I don't know these things. You have to tell me these things. I don't know any of it. Yeah, he's he's, he's oh, a Saiyan. He's going full Super Saiyan. Saiyan? Saiyan. Super Saiyan? Super Saiyan. Just like, just saying. Super Saiyan. It's not the same thing. <laughs> that is so not the same thing. No. Where's that? That doesn't make but any sense. But it's really popular, so... It's uh, lucrative. I never got it. I mean, I know it's I know it's the whole anime thing, and it's a big deal. I, I have no clue what any There's of There's a lot about. of, like kind of moral issue and story and honor and all that good stuff. So is there. it like a philosophy thing, I yeah, guess? Yeah, it's a good philosophy. I mean, it shows uh, karma enacting its wrath on bad people, and then sometimes good people are put down that they have to overcome, and then they destroy the adversary. So it's it's all good. I'd like to see a good karma story where some bad people get some bad things happening to them. Dragon Ball Z. How about the Boondock Saints? <laughs> How about the Boondocks? That's a good one. You ever seen the Boondock Saints? Yeah, but I've also seen the cartoon. The I've seen the Boondocks. Those are two totally different it's things. It's good stuff, though. Both yes. of them. I'm good with it, but man. Different, different kind of Boondocks, but both of them are uh, good. I, I like them. I do love that show. My gosh. <laughs> but but I'll tell you, there's n- I don't know if there's anything better than the Boondock Saints. There's it, just nothing better than I the I like the film Saints. technique and stuff. And plus, anytime you can fit Willem Dafoe in a good movie. Well, Willem Dafoe is probably one of my favorite actors. You know what that movie proved about Willem Dafoe? He will do anything. anything. But he's an artistic kind of guy. He's good. He's a method actor, and you can't get more method yeah. actor than the stuff he did in that movie. My he's, a, he's a good actor. Goodness. They showed him actually uh, in Joker paint, and I think he would have been a, a Man, good Joker. He would have been such a good Joker. Still can happen. An uh, aging Joker, maybe? You know, he could be a Joker. He, he, he can be an... I know Jack already played, but he wasn't... I don't think they were going for... a. 
at an older Joker. He could be a, like good, a middle-aged Joker. Defoe would be an amazingly good, like oh, yeah. sinister, brainiac Joker. More, even more than he- than Heath mm-hmm. Ledger was. He would be more the 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 trap setting type. Yeah, yeah. But then Man. again, you did have more of that aspect with the Ledger because, but it was different kind of traps. That would that, that's one thing I hadn't really thought about that level. I wish they would have got Brian Cranston to play Luther. Hmm, Lex Luther. Yeah, that, that was the rumor good. for a long time, and you end up with Jesse Eisenberg, and I'm still <laughs> not sure how that happened. The Facebook guy. You'd be better off letting actual Mark Zuckerberg play. He's also in Zombie Lex Luther. Uh, yeah, that guy yeah, he Zombieland. is. But still, man, Zombie Land's a good movie. Never seen it. It's pretty good. Never seen it. I like Woody Harrelson movies. I think he's a good actor. He's cool to me. I liked Woody Harrelson from Cheers. I liked him from Natural Born Killers. Man, that was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. An extremely controversial movie, but whew. still pretty gritty if you watch it now. I mean, even well, if I mean, you it's, watch it's it the times. it's that was Oliver Stone, wasn't it? it? Admittedly, took acid the whole entire movie, but it was, wasn't it? Was yeah, that Oliver that's Stone? Oliver Stone, but he was on acid, the whole and he time. That, I know that's his commentary on the media and how the media drives mm-hmm. all of those terrible terrible things and makes them worse because you're giving them, them the attention. There was another movie. You ever seen The Chase? The Chase. Who's in it? Charlie Sheen. Who else? Christy Swanson. I think I... You'd have to go plot. Um, guys wrongly convicted of a crime. Okay. Escapes. And kind of gets caught in a situation where he accidentally kidnaps the girl mm-hmm. and goes on a chase on the interstate, but the the media picks up on it, and there's a documentary film crew that's following the cops that just happen to be in the in in this chase. Yeah, and it goes back and forth, and it's it's. I don't a, think I've seen it. It's oh. it's a comedy has a lot of comedic elements, but it's the same kind of premise. It's a commentary on how the media drives all this stuff, yeah. and if you understand that side of the film, it makes it even better. Mm-hmm. But man, that is such a funny movie. Oh yeah, you have Wayne Gale pretty much with. Uh, with the natural born killers, like right. live interviews, Wayne Gale. You know, it's like uh, who that Geraldo Rivera style at the time. He was kind of like in your face type stuff. Well, and this is Sheen before Sheen completely lost his mind too. But man, it's such a good movie. Not the not the notorious Sheen. It was just Sheen. It was Charlie Sheen. Well, I, one of my favorite movies ever is a Charlie Sheen movie. <laughs> yeah, Men at Men Work. work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can watch a minute. Never touch another man's fries. Never touch another man's fries. <laughs> that wasn't a soundbite. That was actually Brad Cooper's That's a, uh, imitation. A little bit of Keith David, <laughs> who now does all of the work as a voiceover guy. Let's which is do. So cool. uh, let's do some Navy stuff. Do me. Give me a Navy. Navy. Yeah. Do do a uh, because he does the Navy commercial voices. Oh, that's right. He does. I just can't remember the script. We got to. I need to hear a Navy one. Hmm. <laughs> I can't remember the script for his commercials. I'm going to find it right here. We're just going to... I just want you to give me a line. That's it. That's it. Because it sounds so much like it. Keith David. Maybe. A little bit of Keith David. He has such He has such a perfect voice yeah. for those things anyway. Navy ad. I'm going to look for what it says here. <laughs> we'll do it during the break. I'm just going to listen to it for a second. Well, of course you are. I have to. You don't have to. <laughs> Navy, accelerate your life. The Navy, accelerate your life. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
That's how I, you know I just had to hear it. That, that was my fix for the day. I'm even. I'm better with it with this stuff from Minute Work. Minute Work's good. Such a. I great love movie. the uh, merry-go-round part. They get that cops okay. on there. We played. We played it's the nice. thieving magpie a little bit. The overture <laughs> when Dave started going off the rails last episode. Yeah. That's where I got the inspiration from. That is the merry-go-round scene. <laughs> I don't know about you boys, but they look pretty damn sweet to me. What do you think? <laughs> That's horrible. Would you not pay good money to do that to people you don't like? Would be the receiver. Who would be the giver? That would probably be because that would look horrible because you have little guy on big guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what's bad is that if. If this part of the hot mic stuff, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to scramble their names, but we can still leave little guy, big guy in it. And guy, it's so perfect. <laughs> uh, well, you may as well. Wee man and Preston Lacey can play them in oh the movie. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. And you know what? Picture it's it's basically an image of them doing to each other what they're doing to the sport. We just yeah. You know, just a nice... Makeup artist can make them look really close to who they would have to be, and it would be very passable. Just a lube-free pounding. That's all it is. Just a lube-free pounding. (laughs) I'm not naming the episode lube-free pounding, though. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, okay. That one was my fault. I'll I'll readily admit that one was my fault. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Great start. I love that Tears for Fears is now tradition. It's good. It's a good tradition to have. Tears Let's not kid ourselves. I'm going to listen to 80s all day tomorrow. Yes. Work. Every house I go to is going to be 80s. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Isley Brothers. But wow. It's good stuff in the morning, man. If you really don't want to be somewhere and you got to drive there at like 7 in the morning, Isley Brothers. There's not much of anywhere I want to be at 7 in the morning. After an energy drink, we'll do some 80s. Uh, Synth pop. That's my age style. Synth pop. Yes. A little new wave. Yeah. Yeah. New wave synth pop. Sometimes you just know you brought it on yourself. It's episode six of Apex Live. I'm Brad. That's Steve. Hello. Steve, it's good to be back. We took a little bit of a hiatus, but man, it's nice to be back. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, and the time that we took off, it, it seems like I, I, it's not our fault. It's not my fault or your fault, but in the time that we took off, seven, eight, nine days, whatever, because of crazy schedules on our long? part, uh, something like that, Gosh. yeah. But as as uh, it's not our fault, but in no. that time frame, no. everything has gone completely berserk. We've had a mass shooting. Tom Petty's dead. Yeah. It's been one thing after another. I had a couple of just weird things happen to me, which we'll we'll cover here in a little bit as well. But um, is everything stable in your world right now, or have things gone completely nuts for you too? Fortunately, um, I'd say near stable. <laughs> near stable. Near stable. As as stable as they ever are. As sta- just nursing a little bit and um, kind of bouncing forth, you know, on some hours. During the day at work, but other than well, that, that, well, and that's one reason why we haven't been able to record because your schedule yeah. goes all over the place and mine does too. Eek. And I was out of town over the weekend because mm-hmm. I had to be in PA and just a lot of stuff going on. Um, 
little bit of business to take care of before we get started. If you want to get with us on social media, you can do that. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all active. Just look for at Apex Live Podcast. Uh, we should have Snapchat and Patreon coming here soon, but we're still working on getting those worked out in the best way that's going to work for the show. But Patreon will be big for those of you who want to support the show. If you want to reach us via email, you can do that. Apex Live Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, something just to keep in mind, if you listen and you want to give comments and you don't just want to send email, there's another thing you can do. You can record audio comments, MP3, WAV files, whatever format you want to use. You can record those comments, email them to us, and we'll play them. We, I won't even screen them. We'll just play them and react to them in real time. <laughs> Send us MP3 commentary. It'll be a lot of fun, and you can be a part of the show. Thoughts, questions, comments, participation. If you want to send us your top five list for things that we've already done, which we had a couple people do for this episode as well. If you want to send us top five list ideas, guest ideas. If you want to request to be a guest, you can do that. Just reach out to the uh, to the Apex Live email. That's apexlivepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see how insane that gets because I really think it's a matter of time. I think the MP3 thing's a good idea. I think that'll be fun. Well, we're not really video people. This is radio on demand. It's podcasting, so we're not going to do video, but well, I will say this. I don't know who all of our listeners are, but for some of you, if you would like to send videos, send videos and Steve (laughs) and I will, we will pour over those videos like they are the Zabruder film, frame by frame. (laughs) But I don't anticipate that happening. And for those of you who are already snickering and laughing, thinking, well, I know what I'm going to do. Don't do it because I will delete them as soon as they come in because I know who most of you are. I will watch them. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Steve. I will just. I will watch them and I will call your name and I will explain everything that's going on in your video. Okay. So I will just forward them straight. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Yeah, you'll give the director's cut commentary yeah. for everything that happens. It'll be Mystery Science Theater 3000. Well, I'll, let, your, I'll uh, let you handle that. Yeah. Huh. What's going on? Anything new for you? Um, no, not really. Some uh, more opportunities as far as you know, personal life and work. Good. Um, well, that needs to happen. But other than that, I mean, everything, fortunately, is going pretty good. You know, kids are all good. They're doing well in school. And other than that. Stephanie has an infected tooth she's not very happy about. Oh, goodness. Yeah. um, Oh, that's no good. Yeah, it's like her tooth fell apart. And she has probably some of the highest oral hygiene of any human being that I know. Well, when it happens, it happens. I think she may brush her teeth too much. Okay, it's funny you say that because somebody that I know has gotten themselves in trouble doing Mm -hmm. that because it's just that... Three yeah. times, four times a day. Uh-huh. And what happens? Yeah. It starts breaking down and gives you more, yep. a lot more harm than good. And, and people don't realize that. But yes. And uh, listener, you know who you are when you hear that. So it's not just you, but... Other people. That's right. So stop brushing them three and four times it's a like day. like people taking too many showers. I mean, you need a certain level of bacteria on your skin at all times. You know? That's true. And here's the other thing. You've got people who are brushing them three and four times a day. Then you have some who brush them three or four times a month. Yeah. And the same with showers. So if, we need to, we need to stop yeah. with the extremism here. We need everybody to just have a nice, simple baseline on what's, these things. What's that thing that we all search for in life? That's the middle ground. The middle ground. That's yeah. the, the most every, – every time we ever talk about anything in life, we're like, if I could just get there and hold steady. Moderation. The middle ground. Moderation. Don't be drunk with anything. When it comes to behavior, it's moderation. Yes, be not drunk with wine or... Anything. Or, well, my my problem has never been... I'm not a drinker. I'm not a drug guy. I've never done any of that stuff. However, 
I think drunk even stands for fascination. I mean, don't be over fascinated or anything. Food you know? is my problem. Yeah. <laughs> Gluttony is my problem. You can be problem. drunk with food. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we'll talk about food yeah. drunk here in a minute because that's on my show notes page. Because oh, um, so, someone I have not watched or looked at any part someone of Someone had some trouble with being food drunk because of an insane amount of food. Ah. We'll, co- we'll cover that here in a minute. Here's why I'm excited. I'm excited because Hell's Kitchen is back. Ah. And that is my favorite Favorite. It's the only reality show I like. So Hell's Kitchen's back. I think I'm I watched excited something. about that. I think I, th- I think I watched something after that or before that. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, go. But I mean, I just wanted to interject. I can't remember what it's called. It's like uh, three cooks against each other, um, okay. and they like throw random like tools or challenges at them. They have to cook with certain things. Okay. I watched like four or five seasons of this. I was wondering if you ever watched it. Okay. There's an there is a show. On Food Network, yeah, um, Alton Brown yeah. hosts it, and it's called Cutthroat Kitchen. Cutthroat Kitchen, I like that. And there's like three or four, yep. three or four guys, and he makes mm-hmm. them cook in like costumes yeah. and gives them all these ridiculous crappy tools. ingredients. Yes, you got to use gummy bears or something like that. And it's like Iron Chef, but he's just trying to troll you the yeah. entire time. Cutthroat Kitchen is a blast. And okay, I, anything Alton Brown does mm-hmm. is such. Well, a Well, he's good funny. Show. I think he has a, a dry humor. You know what I mean? He's he's a comedian. Did you ever watch Good Eats? His show, Good Eats. He did I, like 300 episodes of it. I don't think so, but I, I will uh, check it out. Check it out because yeah. that was my. that's one of the first shows I ever got into with food. Mm-hmm. And he has announced he's bringing it back. He did 300 and some episodes. And people have always said They're like, hey, they, quit. Mi- they miss yeah. it. It's that good. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a food instructional show, but it's all about doing it in an entertaining way yeah. and a relatable way. So he's bringing that back, and I'm super excited. Cool. And he's the exact opposite of Gordon Ramsay, who is just going to have so many things bleeped in an episode that it sounds like Morse code. Well, people like negative you know, Ramsey's hilarious though. Yeah. I love, I love. Oh, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a love that show. A, ca- a character. You know, I'm sure he doesn't really necessarily act like that. He but. doesn't. And, and the people who have been on the show, there's one of the chefs. I follow several of the chefs that have been on the show over the years on Facebook, and mm-hmm. it's not even the people who won, but people who came in second or third or fourth place, and they were just really good at what they did. And they interviewed one of them. Or she was doing, a, I guess, a Facebook Live video. And she said, you know, that's that's not Gordon all the time. He is, when the cameras are off, he's the most helpful person you'll ever see, but that's not what gets ratings. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. and he, when you really look at what he does and how he does it, and I've learned so much from him, mm-hmm. and the books he's written and the instructionals he's done, I'm, I've, I was supposed to do his MasterChef course last year, and some things kind of went nuts I didn't get to, but I'm still going to do his MasterChef course. He's not just going to curse at you for <laughs> for nine hours doing the MasterChef course. Yeah. He's actually going to teach you how to cook. Because it's not going to be a dick's last resort the whole time. Well, as much as he's a, a character and does all these things so aggressively, yeah. he he is a perfectionist when it comes to his craft. And when you realize how good he is and he can teach these things in such – and break it down to such a simple level every day and then build your knowledge base up, how could you not want to be a part of that? So yeah. that is so awesome, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, I did have another little interesting thing happen. I don't think you know about this because you weren't around very much last week. No, I've been uh, – I know what I'm going to do. I don't, know if I, any, do. I don't know if anybody cut my brake lines or what. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. was there, dude. I heard about that. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I w- you told me. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Yeah, we talked about it. I'm backing out of my... I live on a steep hill. Yeah. I live on a really steep hill. 90 degrees. So, I, um... 
I'm just playing. It's close. It's 45. It's strong. If, if it's not 45, it's a little deeper. It's strong. So 60. I Who? back out. I back out of my driveway. I think it's no big deal. And I'm in. I'm in the Saturn, or as my fr- as my other friend Steve calls it, the I hate Notre Dame mobile. <laughs> so I back out of the driveway, and I get just off the little slope and start to turn down. Push the brake pedal once, and I feel it snap. So now I am headed down my hill backwards with no brakes. You know, I know this, the the very common adage is there are no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> well, I'm 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 a very strong believer. My faith is is who I am. I'm, it's central to me. But I am fully certain there are no atheists in cars going backwards down my street <laughs> with no brakes. That was horrifying. But, you know, I between between suffering from anxiety that makes you overthink every situation all the time over and over for your entire life and having a very strong faith base, I didn't panic. And I started down there, kicked it in neutral, yanked the e-brake. The, here was the trick. Mm-hmm. Getting it back in the driveway, coming from the opposite direction. Yeah, with that Downhill. was that was tough yeah. because then you realize if something isn't working with the e brake, that could be a problem. And as it <laughs> turns out, the problem with the brakes, the brake line that broke was the rear brake. E. So I'm real fortunate that didn't turn out a whole lot worse. So that could have been bad. Yeah. Um, but most of my time over the weekend was spent. I was best man mm-hmm. um, at my aforementioned friend Steve's wedding. Good guys. Um, oh, of course. If you got the name Steve, that's that's the automatic badge. Of, it's like the good housekeeping seal of names. Steve. Correct. Yeah, I have Steve. And uh, Steve's a listener, so Steve Despot and your lovely wife, Sonia. It's wonderful to uh, to have been there over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. I was Steve's best man. Sweet. And um, and that, that was an amazing honor for me. He asked me a few months ago, and it, it completely caught me off guard. But I was so thankful and honored by that. And I wasn't going to miss that for anything in the world. And then, of course, came the um, the other news with that. That terrified me to the pit of my soul. And he said, you know, best man gives a speech. Well, guess what? People with crippling social anxiety don't give speeches. That doesn't uh, happen. Yeah. And I've probably not spoken in public in, I don't know, 20 years at least. Mm-hmm. So I've had several months to be thinking about, well, here it comes. I've got to go do this. Yeah. So you know, it's an occasional thing where I'm dropping in just a question, just to just to figure out a little bit more about the situation. So how many people are going to be here? Oh, a lot. Great. Okay. Um, do I have to stand up? Yes. So went up there. I bet I rehearsed the speech in my head. I knew it was not going to be very long, but I rehearsed it in my head for. I went up Friday. Did the rehearsal thing. Wedding was Saturday. I rehearsed it the entire time Friday. I rehearsed it in the in the hotel room on Friday night. Rehearsed it on Saturday, waiting for everything to happen. The, the wedding ends. I was nervous standing up in front of all the people at the church. They're not even looking at me. But get up there, get all that done. We leave. We go to the rehearsal to the uh, to the reception. They heard us in. We get in there quickly. We're not in there ten minutes, and it's time. I go up. I get the microphone. I talk for, I'm, I'm guessing, somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 seconds. And I let it fly. That's good. And, you know, Sonia just talked about how, how great it was, thanked me for what I said. Steve did the same thing. The groomsmen 
um, the bridesmaids. I had people coming up that were that were guests coming up, shook my hand, thanked me for what I said. Yeah, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> I don't. Re- I can remember the first line, I think, and a little bit of the ending. I cannot. Re- and remember, I you rehearsed were this. You were focused. I rehearsed this for two days. You were so focused. Now I rehearsed it for two days to the point where I could remember it enough to do it that well and deliver it like I'm on this podcast. Yeah. After the fact, I can't remember what I said. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing the video to, A, make sure I didn't make a complete fool of myself, <laughs> and B, to find out what I said, because apparently it worked out or okay. you were just sitting there going, uh, and it had act like you were like, you thought it was really going on in your yeah. mind, but it really wasn't. At least I didn't just stand up and go, congrats, and <laughs> you be know, done no, with Maybe it. you did that like for 90 seconds. Congrats, congrats, <laughs> congrats. And then finally came to, like. For all I know. And, you know, that's that's another that's another point, and it's, it is kind of a serious point. For people who deal with anxiety in that real of a way, especially social anxiety, that is it's a very real feeling, and that is a terrible thing to have to put up with. It's but, like being an ant and everybody else is an elephant. It's weird. What a great way to put it feels, that. It feels weird. And you get up there, and I made sure, you know, I'd look at them, and there was a camera in front of me, and I kind of glanced at it, yeah. and I'd, I wouldn't keep my head on any one place. I would start scanning the room, and that way I'm not catching any any eyes for very long and I'm just trying to look around as much as I can but you get up there and I'm guessing it was 90 seconds it seemed like an eternity yeah and there was one point between the two pieces of things that I was going to say there was one little point in the middle where I kind of stopped because I had to figure out okay transition this go into the second part Mm -hmm. and I would say I probably hesitated three seconds and it seemed like an hour. Yeah, that all that time. Because focused. it was just like, get the first word, get the first word. Mm-hmm. If I get the first word, I can do this. And that's one reason why I've done radio in the past. I can do this without blinking an eye. Yeah. There is no way I'm ever getting on TV. I cannot get on TV because people are going to be looking at me. Yeah, it's weird. And that is, it's amazing how that works, but I cannot do television. It's definitely not a uh, a normal human experience. I mean, we'd see it, but to be that ourselves is totally different. That it, yeah. it, I'll tell you what, it sucks. It yeah. sucks in ways. There, there are people in this world I don't like. There's not a lot. I tend to get a, get along with most people. Yeah. But there are some people I don't like, and even the ones I don't like the most of anybody, mm-hmm. I would not wish stuff like that on them. Yeah, exactly. Because so. it is a permanent assault on things. And, you know, that's that's a mental health thing. And that is – that's something that affects your everyday life. Day after day, no matter what you do, it's on you. And, and I just would not wish that on anybody. So it sucks. But the important thing is for one of my dearest friends and, and a couple that just means a great deal to me, I got to be there on that day for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to be a part of that. And that was really, really special. And all the groomsmen got something for being a part of it, which was really cool. I found out people will steal these Yeti tumblers, these big stainless steel ones. Oh, yeah, they steal them all the time. Like, people will steal them because of how popular they are. Yeah. I didn't just get one. I got a customized one. My initials are on it. That's cool. Yeah. I don't even want to know how much this thing costs, but thank you, Steve. That was really awesome, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. I know you're a listener, so I hope you enjoy the podcast, and I'm still so happy for you and Sonia. That was so cool to be a part of the wedding. That's a nice And size. the wedding was awesome, too, and I got to meet a lot of really cool people, and that was funny. It, what, what was really weird is so many of the people who knew who I was, and I hadn't met them yet. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. 
Now I just hope they buy the books. And yes, I said books. Do it. Books. That's right. You you never know. You never know. We'll see what happens. Did you see, because I know you're you're a bit of a nerd like I am. Yeah. Did you see the new Justice League trailer? Um, Came out Sunday. A tad bit. Mm-hmm. A tad bit. Well, how can you only see a tad of a two-minute trailer? I like it. I mean, <laughs> so far, I think it looks pretty cool. You know what Me I mean? Too. Um, I was kind of skeptical about uh, who's going to play Aquaman, and we know who that's going to be. Yeah, that's the that's what is it? Jason Momoa, yeah. I think, and he was. A lot of people know him. Is he, is he playing Poseidon, or who is he? He is Aquaman. He's right? Aquaman. Okay, I was just making sure. Well, a lot of people know him because he played a pretty big role in season one of Game of Thrones. Yeah. He played Khal Drago. And that's a pretty big role. So the fact that people know him from that is interesting. But this, uh, the role of Aquaman, Aquaman's not exactly the most respected superhero out but of But he's actually one out of, of all the, he's of like the strongest one or one of the strongest ones. He can do a lot of cool stuff. He he can whip some, but, whip some ass pretty good. But nobody ever gives him any any props. There's not a whole lot of play for Aquaman. Hey, but there's Aqua everywhere, so you got to watch out for Aquaman. Well, we're also, what are we, 95% Aqua? Yeah. Anyway. He gets around you. But even with that said... I have to admit, there was a lot more depth involved as an actor to playing Aquaman than there is to playing what he played in season one of Great Game of Thrones. Because yeah. basically, he just took his shirt off and grunted a whole bunch in that first season of that show. I don't even know if he had more than fifteen lines in English. We're gonna find out that dude's like five nine and a half and weighs like one hundred and eighty two pounds. Well, Hollywood was built on milk crates for people to stand on. Tom Cruise is this big action star, and I'm pretty sure he's about four eleven. He's not very big. He's a midget. Yeah. And yes, I said midget. And yes, I know people get getting mad if you use the word midget. Well, deal with it and grow up. It's midget. It's not going to hurt you. We've had a lot of little people, um, midgets, and all that. You know, just starting out today. So that's kind of different. A little bit. We have talked. We have talked a lot about midgets in the last hour. Yeah, I will I, say. And we've only been recording for thirty minutes. Yeah. But we have earlier, talked a lot about midgets earlier. Yeah. Midgets. Okay. I'll, I'll cover this now. This isn't even in the show notes, but I'll say this because I, I don't know if you've ever heard this. Okay. I like midgets, so it doesn't matter to me. I me mean, too. I, I agree. Hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. We love everybody. We're we're cool with everyone on this show and just in life. I have a rule. I don't. I didn't make the rule, but I've observed the rule in practice. That there are five things that are always funny, and if you if you think there's something else that's always funny, again, email us at apexlivepodcast <laughs> at gmail dot com, or better yet, record it as a sound file and tell us what it is. But I there are five things I've observed that are always funny. Can okay? I guess? Can I just throw one in there? Okay. I think it's always funny. Okay, go ahead and guess. No, I'm not gonna guess, but okay. I'm gonna say this thing, something I think is always funny, okay. and everybody else thinks it's just horrible and evil. Okay, go. You know how like tall. The two-year-old child is not very tall. That's true. I just think it's hilarious when a human being that big falls over on the ground <laughs> or trips and falls. <laughs> because you know they probably didn't get hurt from the height of the fall. So what's funny is but kids, kids funny. getting hurt but not being hurt. Yeah, when they're low enough to the ground, they slip and they fall. It looks the same, but you know they didn't get hurt, so it's okay to laugh the whole time. A fall that would shatter our hips. Just yeah, and they bounce right back up. Yeah, because it's two inches off the ground. That's true. Yeah, that is always funny. That's always funny. You can laugh and never be like, "Are you seriously okay? No, you're seriously. I know you're okay. You slipped and fell, and that's hilarious." Okay, so I may have to add that to my list. I may have to make it number. That may be number six. Kids falling down. <laughs> okay. Here's here here is what I've observed to always be funny. Number one, monkeys. Monkeys. Are- monkeys are hilarious. 
always. You watch monkeys doing stuff, chimps, regular mon- They're all hilarious. And they all – I've never heard of any type of monkey that doesn't attempt to or throw shit on somebody at some point in time. Absolutely. <laughs> And if you go to if you go to the University of Pittsburgh, that can be considered giving them their dinner. <laughs> My Mountaineer fans know exactly what I'm talking about. That's right. So monkeys are hilarious. Midgets, funny. Watching them run, especially, is hilarious. There's a reason monkeys why monkeys are midgets. There's a monkey, uh, either one, but midgets are hilarious. Okay, I'm sorry. Monkeys and midgets are funny when they run. And this is what's really funny. Okay, it's really funny. There's a reason why Jackass was so funny with with Wee Man. Yeah. Okay. There's a reason why that was hilarious. If he was if he was right in that median range, you know, like five nine, five ten, it wouldn't be so funny. Wouldn't have been nearly as funny. So no. that's number two. Number three, old people doing things that old people should not be doing, like old people dancing, old people just firing off a stream of profanity of some sort. Uh, I love that old W. Oh, probably not W two no more, but Vietnam vet or you know older guy that just. Doesn't care. That's Just great. let everything go. Old people doing anything they should not be doing, like like dancing to rap music. <laughs> See, you're laughing just yeah, thinking about it. That's so that's just, funny. I'm more like that. More like just kind of grips me in a different way. Like I don't know when you say something, you want to put your foot in your mouth, but you can't. Are you getting you're embarrassed to be a human being when you see uh-huh. it? That embarrasses me. That in a weird way, I don't know. Okay, here's another funny one, and that is. Usually Japan, people who cannot speak English but are singing karaoke, (laughs) English songs in karaoke, makes me laugh every time. And I know, again, people are going to be offended by it. Tell me you can tell me you can go online and watch that and not laugh until you can't breathe. It's hysterical. Karaoke is Japanese, but it's people who cannot speak English, but they know every yeah. word of an English song. That's, and it sounds perfect. Well, not perfect, <laughs> but pretty good. Pretty close, but it's not perfect. Like was, anything with fa la 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 la. Well, I'm I'm not going to get deep into stereotypes here, but let's just say that out of all the songs that are picked, the 50 song lollipop is not really picked very often. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> don't do it! I know you're thinking about doing right. it. Don't do it. Okay, and number lollipop. <laughs> there it was. Let's isolate that. And number five. <laughs> God forgive me. Number five, Richard Simmons. Oh. Yeah, Richard Simmons. <laughs> Doing anything. And here's what's bad. One time, he used to be a favorite on the Letterman show, on the late show. So one time he comes out and he's going to be going before Congress and talking about physical education, trying to get programs built up or something. So he comes out and instead of the traditional like tank top and glitter and candy striper shorts, he comes out wearing a suit. Or they had a picture of him wearing a suit. And for some reason, that was even funnier. <laughs> it was worse. Oh, gosh. Oh, it was so funny. So those, that, that for me, the five things that are always funny. And if you don't think they're funny, I don't care. These are opinions. These are opinions, and everyone has them. And if you've got a problem with these opinions, apexlivepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll read them, and, and we'll talk about it. i but got a question. Those things are funny. Go for it, Steve. So, who's going to play Richard Simmons in the Richard Simmons biography? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> they have that. I have a, I have somebody in mind. I think they'd do a great job, but I want to hear your take first. Oh. 
That is it's such kinda, a... I'm kind of being an asshole with my pick, but I think it's possible. Is it somebody that's already an actor or someone you yes. know that needs to be playing the role? No, 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 it's an actor. Oh, man. Somebody, would a... take, somebody that would take the role. Um, it's going to be difficult because of the hair. You've got to get the look right. But you still you can because they make wigs. They do. But you've got to get that right. I don't know if it would work. Um, I don't know. The guy that was in Will and Grace. Okay. Sean Hayes. Is okay. that his name? Yeah. I think he could play that because he's just. And what's <laughs> He's just. God forgive me for using this word. He's just flamboyant enough. In the way that he behaves. And what's funny is, I mean, he's a straight guy. He's a married guy. Everything on Will and Grace is just a role. It's just an act. But he, I think he could play that really, really well, especially the stuff if they depicted him on the Letterman show and kind of being that, you know, playing that comic part to, you know, with Letterman as the straight man. And that's an ironic way to put that. I know. Uh, But I think Sean Hayes could probably play that well. Who's your pick? I have Jared Leto. Oh my gosh. The guy from Dazed and Confused? Where did that come from? Because he thinks he's a method actor and he uh he likes <laughs> And you want to see him get deep into the role? I think he lo- he he loses and gains weight for roles. <laughs> well if that's the case, let Christian Bale do it. No, and I have somebody that and that's kind of funny. <laughs> I have one other person. This is awful. He he also he was also in the Dallas Buyers Club. Matthew McConaughey. He can, Matthew he, McConaughey he as Richard Simmons. <laughs> it's such a it's it's such a hard role for him to play. I think he would take it. They don't actually have a, a Richard Simmons biopic. They hopefully make it. I hope it's made. I, I hope somebody in Hollywood or Bollywood or whoever tries to make it. Well, let's let's get a Kickstarter going and try <sighs> to get. Well, I tell you what, let's do the Richard Simmons biographical movie. If I hit the lottery, I'm telling you, I will pay Jared Leto. But you know who I want to get to produce this thing and and have roles in it? The Broken Lizard crew that does oh, all okay. the Super Troopers movies. So kind of like a Dicky Cox style. Let them do it. Tongue-in-cheek type. Well, okay, well, first of all, that's a really bad example to use when we're talking about a Richard Simmons movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, these are all just terrible That's statements. only a rumor, though. It's a rumor? It's a rumor. They're going to rumor. The rumor mill is just that's gonna, running It's kind of like Jay Edgar. It's kind of like how they had that with, uh, you know, they had that on the fence with Jay Edgar. Well, we'll do the same thing for Richard Simmons. For Richard Simmons. Because if there's anything that, that goes together, it's Jay Edgar Hoover and Richard Simmons. Well, if, yeah, because Hoover supposedly never, you know, he never was married or anything Okay, like can that. I ask you this? Did you ever think that we'd be having a discussion that involved J. Edgar Hoover and Richard Simmons no, in literally the same sentence? It. Never thought about it. That's horrific, is what that is. <laughs> Speaking of movies. Yeah. It's amazing. This is the. It seems like a bad segue, but it's actually we were just talking about movies. There's so no this, such thing as a bad segue. Here's the other thing that's bad. This is awful. We just went from Justice League to a Richard Simmons biographical picture, which could not be more different. The only thing that could be more insulting is if you gave Richard Simmons a role in the next Justice League movie. Yeah, or maybe he can be in the Marvel movies, because Gary Shandling died, unfortunately. Yeah, and he yeah. was in the Avengers movies. Yeah. So maybe Richard Simmons can be the new senator that, that is in all of the movies that is all about Hydra. <laughs> Hydra would be so much uh, less in, you know, in, intimidating He had his own cartoon, now. you know that, right? Yeah, I know. 
But he wouldn't. Would Hydra be nearly as intimidating if Richard Simmons was was the one that you had infiltrating the government to work with you? I, I say no. Oh, it would be creepier. That's for damn sure. Well, at least the Hydra soldiers would be it in would better be shape. Creepy. It'd be creepy, and they would just. He could like lead them through their calisthenics in the morning. <laughs> why are the <laughs> Why are the Nazis in such good shape? Well, they've been doing the Delamil program. <laughs> This is not a Richard Simmons Unf- product line infomercial, I assure you. Unfortunately, their We're population not will, d- will dwindle quite rapidly. <laughs> um, I would say so. Yeah, that, again, a yeah. wonderful point. Yeah. I didn't know we had a Richard Simmons segment on this show. That one, uh, I take full responsibility. That was my fault. That was that segment in Segway was brought to you by ADD. <laughs> ADD, ADHD, hopefully nothing else that starts with the word A and is an acronym. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just keep it on ADD. Yeah, I think that's probably best, although the other one does have a D in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of movies, this is actually on the sheet because I was – I take notes sometimes, and I'm like, I'm going to bring this up on the show the next time we do it. I was I – was, we were talking about movies. What happens if um, Magic Johnson tells you a secret? <laughs> Hang on, let me get comfortable. <sighs> All right, what is it? Let's hear it. You'll get hearing aids. <laughs> <laughs> that is awful. Hearing aids. Okay. Okay. I'll, let me so, go so. back. I was, I don't know, I think I was in sixth grade. When you heard that the first time? Fifth or sixth grade when the announcement came out about Magic Johnson and he retired abruptly. Yeah. Okay. So in that in the wake of all of that happening, you, you can imagine the jokes were all AIDS over the place. It's not funny, by the way. I don't think it is, but I like that joke because, well, it's clever. I didn't come up with it. So well, AIDS now, sucks. This is grade school level stuff here, but I'm going to say it anyway because this is what yeah. – I, I remember this joke being told in grade school. And realizing, you know what, your parents have been doing this. But, um, God help me. I've never forgotten it, and it's been that long. Uh, what do you call Magic Johnson in a wheelchair? Oh, that's, yeah, what? Rollades. <laughs> that is older than the hearing aids one. I'm darn sure for that. Well, of course, but that is awful. How could you make light of something like that? Well, apparently it's very easy to do that. Especially on this program, where it's unfiltered and unhinged, just like our description on like SoundCloud Tosh says. says. Like Tosh says, if if I hate you and I hope you'll die, if and may not hope you'll die, or die in a fire, you may have said, if you, yeah, or I will that. never be your friend, or I can tell you that I'd unfriend you, if you said, there's nothing funny about this. Because there's something funny about everything. You can you can find, 99% of subject matter, you can find a joke. Now, yeah. there are some things to me that are... That are over the line. But the thing about that is where the line actually is and where a lot of people decide to place it because they can benefit from it or because they're little snowflakes that can't handle anything. Those lines are in two different spots. Like dead baby jokes. I don't think anybody really, really likes those at all. Leave leave those jokes alone. Yeah. Leave jokes about Jesus out of it because my faith is very strong to me and that'll make me want to fight. Other than that... I can make a joke about almost anything. Yeah. And if you don't believe that, just run run this thing back about 15 minutes and start listening to it again and I think you'll find that out. Yeah. But I was I was on 
I was just setting up the other night because once again, I can't sleep. I'm an insomniac most of the time. That happens. And I decided need to go through the guide, find me a movie. And one of my favorite movies is on. And if you are in our age group, and I say our age group because we're in the same age group. Yeah. Chances are you love this film. So it's not surprising it's one of my favorites. And that movie is Varsity Blues. That's pretty good. I yeah. love Varsity Blues. It's that was 98, such- 99? That was, I think it was released in 99, so that would have been produced in 80, in 98. Okay. Yeah. So it was, you know, that's a 1999 movie. So it's a high school football movie. I was in high school at the time. Mm-hmm. It was just fantastic. It's not a bad movie. Well, it's a great movie. Yeah. But I mean, considering throwing all other sports movies in there with football. Right. It's not, it, you know, it fits in pretty good. In the, you know, about middle of a overall sports movie pack. Right. And to be fair, it's aged well. Yeah, it's not it's bad. One, it's yeah. one of the few movies from that point where it, you can honestly say it's a, it's aged well, and it's not completely out of touch with reality and the way that things are now. Texas high school football is still pretty popular. Has been yeah. basically professional level yeah. for thirty or forty like years, and it's not going to change. Like five A schools. Well, there are some, there are NCAA Division two schools that aren't that big who have yeah. stadiums that hold six thousand people, and Texas high schools that hold fifteen. Yeah, and sell them out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's religion. To those people, and it's remarkable to see. And I, I at least admire the dedication to what they do and for how long they've supported it. But I love that movie. But when you get a little older, mm-hmm. you start to see some things in these movies that you didn't see before. Yeah. And you start to realize that that movie. Johnny Moxon? Yes, that All was right. that was Vanderbeek's okay. character, and the late Paul Walker was in that movie as Lance he was Harbor. The number one quarterback. He was the quarterback that got hurt. You know. There are some things about that movie that stand out to me now. Didn't he go to uh, Virginia Tech after he graduated from there? I think. No, his girlfriend was of age. Oh, my yeah, bad. That's correct. Okay. Um, we don't have we don't have any Virginia Tech updates for this show, and that kind of bothers but me. The only reason I threw that out there, and it's just whatever. Everything I've ever read about Paul Walker is that he was mm-hmm. really an underage chicks. Just saying. Interesting. I did not know. Check that. her out. Well, that's, so that's where my joke came from. I didn't know if you read the same thing. Okay, so is it possible that maybe the reason why the car was going so fast is because an angry father was chasing them? Possibly. That's terrible. I'm maybe so... the angry father was driving. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, who knows? I'm like seventy. Maybe the 16-year-old was driving. (laughs) Maybe it was a 15-year-old learner's permit situation, Uh in which case that would have been a Virginia Tech thing. Um, Here's the thing about that movie that I've noticed as as I've gotten older and watch it. It's still a great movie. Uh But that film may have some of the worst casting I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And here's why. 75% of them. This movie is about not only Texas, but about like the heart of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. None of them sound like they've ever been to, to Texas. Texas. Yeah. Okay. And okay. <laughs> Allie Larder is in that movie. Everyone that watches that movie, I don't care if you're a guy or a girl, everyone remembers her part of that movie yeah. walking out in the whipped cream bikini. We yeah. all remember that. Yeah. Her Texas accent is garbage. It's terrible. Okay, Amy Smart, who I, I'm a, I love Amy Smart. She's great in every movie she's in. She was in that. She was in Road Trip. She was in the t- the two Crank movies with Jason Statham. I love which, Crank, dude. Yeah, it's good. Well, you, I, I don't necessarily love Crank, but I like the movies. That's right. And <laughs> thank you, thank you for m- making that clear delineation between the two. And you know. The, the fact that you kind of look like Jason Statham okay. a little bit. Some people say that. I don't agree some with people, it. Some people say that. That's true. But you don't have that Jason. You don't have that Jason Statham voice. <laughs> I, I know. It's like uh, Tyson voice on Tyson, maybe. I don't know. I'm not as big. Actually, Jason Statham is not a very big guy. He's he's really not. Yeah, he's not a big guy. 
The superior athlete, though. I mean, guy's a beast. But she's great in her movies. Yeah. And, but and her her accent is probably better than most of them. Yeah. And but it's still bad. <laughs> but there's it is. But there's one guy. Vanderbeek did okay. Oh, you're Vanderbeek not talking about right. that big old line. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not talking about Ron Lester that yeah. played Billy Bob. Yeah. Okay. But he died, by the way. I heard about that about a year, yeah. year and a half ago. He had had. I think he had had he lost a bunch of the weight. I can't remember if he had the surgery or not, uh-huh. but had some complications from different things going on, and he passed away last year. And I mean, he's iconic just for that role, if nothing yeah. else. Talk about you know, being typecast. What was, was it, he Tater ever or Mater or Bob or what did they call him? Something else. He was Billy Bob. Didn't they call him something else? No, that? it was just, just Billy, Billy Bob. Bob. No, the one you're, th- you're thinking about, Scott Kahn, was the wide receiver named Tweeter. Yeah, that's what it was. Charlie yeah. Tweeter. Scott Kahn did a good job in that movie too. And he's he, a con, but he sold it. He did a good job. James Kahn's better. But there's one guy in that movie and he's he's a character actor he's done a ton of stuff in hollywood over the years and I, it's so bad i have to bring it up because i hadn't noticed really how the now fullness now i have to go watch it again to see how shitty it is do it i hadn't noticed the fullness of how bad it is and his name I'm not calling you out, sir. You've had a long career, <laughs> and you've done a great job. You've done more in Hollywood than I will ever do or dream to do. But his name is Richard Lineback, and he plays <sighs> Lance Harbor's dad. And his Texas accent, his work in this film, is as awful as I've ever seen. And there's one scene more than any other, Steve, If I know you're going to go look at it and see it at some point. <laughs> We may watch it during the break. Oh, I, I don't know who this is. I know who this is. You know who it is? Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing him now. All right. There's one scene in particular that illustrates how horrible he is in this movie more than any other. And when you hear him speak in this scene, it makes you want to crawl through the screen and hit him. <laughs> and it's the scene where they're at the cookout. I would have looked for it. Okay. See if you can find it. It's the scene where they're at, where they're at the cookout. And he gets up and says, Lance, toss me one, son. Oh, is he standing by the grill? Yes. <laughs> and the entire, when he's talking in that scene, forget the rest of them. Like when he finds out Lance is hurt, his scholarship to Florida State. Jeez. It's all bad. But that scene in particular, when he's talking in, in that setting, it is among the worst work in the history of Hollywood. I got to kind of and th- out and here. And here's, me... here's the question I have to ask about this thing, Steve. Seriously. And, and this is an honest question. Oh, no, that's it. Steve's going to listen to it, and then we're going to play it here in just a minute. Okay. You know what? We will, we will play it here in just a second. I'm going to let Steve listen to this. But my only question is, I think, a fairly simple one. I can't believe Steve's listening to it right now. The question for me is, if this was the best audition of all of them, who in the world did they turn down? Who is it that came in and auditioned and read for this role, and they said, you know what? Absolutely not. This the, you, you just aren't a fit for what we're trying to do. Steve is facepalming having listened to this clip. So we will have to, we'll have to pull this up and play it into the feed for the show so you can hear this. Well, the, and how truly awful it is. Steve, what's the name of that clip on YouTube? Uh, what I have... What's the title it, it of it? Looks it looks like he's just... Do, he's trying to be... In, like, he's joking as a person. Like, that's just his personality. But I think he's actually making this person's personality and it's 
fucking horrible. Okay, but not only that, the accent itself it's is, shit. is that not the worst thing you've it's like, ever heard? It's the worst character that I've ever seen. Okay, what's in a the movie? title of that video? Because I'm gonna we're doing this in real time. Varsity Blues. Okay. Um, six slash seven. So I guess six of seven. Okay. Best movie. Qu- best movie quote. Bar barbecue scene. Nineteen ninety nine. Do they spell out barbecue? Uh yeah. B a r b e c u e. Barbecue clip, right? Or barbecue, barbecue scene. scene. Hey, we're doing Close this in parentheses, real time. Nineteen ninety nine, but it should show up. It I got it. Show that blind right, or whatever. Right there it is. I've got it, and we're gonna play it. Oh, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> His so, face makes me want to hurt him. You know, I think that's fair. I'm glad I've got it muted because now it just sends me to an ad. I don't want your ads, YouTube. You're killing me. We could have just taken a break and come back with this, but I want to do this in real time. I so love people YouTube. Appreciate how awful this is. It's shitty. Um, and while we're waiting, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this too. You know, why else I'm really happy in the sports world right now. Huh. The Minnesota Twins are already out of the playoffs. Oh, sweet. And okay. yes, before I, I even hear the first complaint. I'm a lifelong Braves fan. Yes, I know. The Braves did not make it to the playoffs this year. And at least the Twins got there, right? Well, you know what? Suck it. I hate the Minnesota Twins, and they got knocked out in one game in the playoffs, and that's perfect. The only thing that needs to happen now is the Yankees need to lose tomorrow night that's in right. Game 5 against the against the Cleveland Indians, and then the game that was supposed to be today but is instead going to be postponed until tomorrow because of weather, Chicago Cubs. I know yeah. you were the lovable losers. I know you finally got off the hump and broke the curse and won the World Series last year. Beat the now, Nationals. Beat now the you Nationals. need to do us a solid and take care of the Washington Nationals tomorrow and get rid of Bryce Harper from the 2017 playoffs. Uh. Get rid of him. He's worthless. And with that, I give you Richard Lineback in Varsity Blues. Shame nobody had the mind to hold us back when we was kids, eh, Sammy boy? Huh? That's him. Hell, I didn't fare so bad. Liz, toss me one, son. <laughs> Let's show him your pop still got it. He's such a piece. This is horrible. Look right on three. And he runs like three steps for the button. That's not a button hook route. You douchebag. Slow enough, he could have nailed it. <laughs> That's well, the best there line you of the go, Sammy boy. Let's see it, old man. Let's show him how it's done. I can't take anymore. It's it's. That's worse than a local used car dealer's television ad. And the only thing... He would be a perfect character for that. You know what? That's another one of my pet peeves, Steve. I hate local TV commercials. Because who doesn't know it's horrible? But they're even worse whenever they decide, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to be the most original person in town. I'm not just going to produce our own commercials. I'm going to bring our three-year-old in to read the script about our products. Here's my rule, Steve. If you decide to put your three-year-old in your commercial, I am never buying anything from your business. I will drive 30 miles out of my way to buy something instead of buying it from you because you're horrible and you're insulting to all of communication. It's not cute. It's not funny. You suck. Stop doing that. Local commercials are horrible. But if they're honest and I meet the people and I like them and they're not doing any of this stupid wearing costumes and three-point contests and all this crap. Uh Uh-huh. And they're legitimately the trying to talk about their business. I will respect you, but if you're just going to jump around being an idiot <laughs> and have just be god awful and not, I mean, somebody tells you that it's cool, don't believe them and don't ever put it on TV. Okay, please. how about how about the um, how about the sign dancers? 
What is this? The people who... Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, for yeah. instance, it's tax season, and you've got the guy outside of the, uh, the the accountant's office that's dressed up like Uncle Sam yeah. and dancing around. Uh, why would I ever trust you to handle my tax return for the IRS? I trust my fiancé. Well, she's really my girlfriend, but I'm trying to be nice now. By the, by the way, um, tax, by the way, taxation is theft. Yes. Just FYI. And, taxation is theft. And whenever I'm having somebody prepare my theft for me. Um, <laughs> you have to fill out a theft form. Stephanie does that, and she uses, I think, TurboTax, and she does her, And this isn't a spot for TurboTax, but every time she's used it, it's done well. Um, never got in any trouble. So TurboTax, if you hear that. You can hook us up. Are we going for a TurboTax endorsement? Is that I, what we're doing? If I, whenever I find my taxes, I use TurboTax. I have a really bad feeling that this is going to turn into our longest episode ever, <laughs> but it's going to be one of the most popular episodes ever. It's probably one of the most organic. Oh my! Um, that's a safe. Here's what's bad: it's turned into the mo- one of one of the most interesting ones and organic ones. And I've got a show notes form. It just keeps weaving in and out of it traffic. Won't stop! It's okay though. It's fantastic. We are big fans of retro gaming. Oh, yeah. We love retro gaming. So I think that more and more we can just keep exploring this retro gaming topic because it's almost endless with all the systems and all the history and all these things. And I'm playing more and more and more. So we're going to talk about that a little bit on every episode and kind of what we're do- what we're doing and what we're playing around with. I'm glad and we're talking about this. what's going on in yeah. the retro gaming world. And I know we've talked about trying to incorporate this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um one of the biggest retro gaming news bits in the last couple of weeks. Remember all of the fights last year over the the NES Classic that was released. The oh, I've that, actually been checking that out. The one now that has the six hundred games, but most of them are just like bootleg trash. Well, this is the new thing now. Is they released the NES Classic and it looked like the old school NES control deck and all and that. It's super tiny though. They sold out of them last yeah. year, and it had the the HDMI hookup into the back yeah. of it, and they had all the preloaded games. People were buying. Two and three of them at a time, and yeah. then selling them on eBay for three and four hundred dollars. And I thought, you know what? I've got my NES Price over here. Gouging. Yeah, I've got my NES here. I've got have your fake. I've got the emulator yeah. on my computer with every game ever made. I've got the controllers. You can build these systems not, yourself, oh, of course. And, Easily. And, and we'll talk a little bit about retro gaming. I may have something working on the re- in the retro gaming world and associated <laughs> with our podcast, and maybe another one. But that's that's coming up here Which a little I'm bit later. I'm fixing my PS2. I took all the shell off. I'm awesome. Cleaning it all out. I'm going to sand off the shell, and we're going to decorate it, whatever he wants to do. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, the the Super Nintendo Classic is out now, and the same stupid stuff is happening. People are fighting and backbiting and price gouging and buying three and four of them at a time. A lot of outlets have had to put limits on how many of them you can buy because of the behavior of these idiots. It's still not real, though. (laughs) Well, no. You know what I've got downstairs? I have a Super Nintendo. Don't you And my cartridges. And don't you love it? I would much rather do that than deal with this... Call it what it is. It's a bunch of trendy nonsense. Yeah, it's just trendy. Yeah, that's it. They don't even care. Half of them are going to buy this thing and play it for about a week. My kid, my children, my seven-year-old loves Nintendo. My four-year-old, he loves playing Super Nintendo. He he's good uh, with Mario World, but they love the simplicity. But yet they uh, they enjoy that it's still hard. Like, how can this be hard? The complex it's, – yeah. it's, a, it's a simple complexity, and yeah. you, those, that seems like an oxymoron, but it's really not. And we've talked about that a little bit before on another episode. How in the world do they make those games that complex with that, that little room to do it? Well, they had to yeah. because the games had to be hard because there was no visual component. The graphics mm-hmm. were not just going to be mind-blowing at that point. 
And you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I've thought about before. You know, if you are a parent and you decide video games have become a hot button topic over the last 10 or 15 years about how bad they are and all that. And I disagree with that entirely, but I think that if you're someone that would like to see your kids get involved in video games, one of the smartest things you can do is say, look, your first system is not going to be a PlayStation four or PlayStation three. It's not going to be an Xbox one. You're not going to do it on your phone or on a tablet. I'm going to start you with an Atari. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start you with an Atari where you learn those introductory level graphics and you've got one button and a joystick. So you can really enjoy what you have. Right. Yeah. But also you're learning at a base level. Yeah. So you see that and then you move up to the Intellivision where you've got the, you know, the four triggers and then you go to the, the, the NES and then the Super NES and Genesis and then up to a, to a PlayStation and you're growing up with them. You're growing up with the games and we had the privilege of doing that in real time. Yeah. But I think if you can incorporate that a little bit, it's going to be better for them because yeah, they're going to appreciate more what they get to at some point, mm-hmm. but they're going to learn, I think, those hand-eye skills and those problem-solving skills in a different way as they progress through it. And that's kind of, that's something you're missing now. That's what I like about Tetris. You yeah. can't be eight years old and jump into Call of Duty, and, and no yeah. eight-year-old should be playing Call of Duty anyway, but you can't jump into a game like that or an open-world RPG, <laughs> well, of course. They used to, but we don't play, like I said, as soon as I introduced them to these older games. They want them. I have an Xbox One that they don't hardly play with mm-hmm. those games. Right. I have an Xbox 360 that we play older games on. Um, I have uh, a few other systems as well, but we go, keep going back to Nintendo Super Tech Mobile. You know, games like that. Here's what's cool about that, No pun, too. Ring King. You know, uh, so we play some Tetris. A <laughs> little bit of Ring King. Got Hasht- Ring King. It. Hashtag Ring King. Ring King. But here's what's really awesome about that, too. Every game you buy for Xbox One or for PS4 or PS3 is going to be 60 bucks. Oh, yeah. With the exception of some of those super rare ones and the price gouged ones like oh, Contra God. and River City Ransom. You can get on eBay. Uh, and Mega you Man can, 2 is like 220 bucks. But look at what yeah. you can load up on yeah. on eBay. For 50 bucks. you can get them 7, 8, 9, 10 games. If yeah. not, probably 25, 30, depending on what you get for the common ones. Buy them in bulk. You're taking care of video game needs... All at once. We got Computer Wiz too, though. I almost, I was trying to go to Computer Wiz. I missed them by like an hour. Do they have retro games there? Dude, they got any system you ever wanted. Oh, no. They got from. Why did you tell me this? They have a TurboGrafx 16. They got the 3DO. They got the Jaguar. They got everything. They got, they even had a Neo Geo there. Okay, Um, like available to play or for sale? All of it's for sale. They have a TurboGrafx-16 over there. They got all kinds of stuff over there, dude. They got a bunch of Nintendo games. They have TurboGrafx-16 games. They got handhelds. Computer Son of a... is great. I love I retro game go. stores. I love it. Well, I'm going to have to go. I didn't know they did that. And here's what's funny oh, about Oh, you'll that. love it, dude. I'm telling you, you'll fall in love with you. Here's what's there. funny. The yep. guy that runs Computer Wiz, Yeah. We, he was a year behind me at Woodrow. We had the same computer class, which was funny because we knew more than the teacher did on everything but programming, yeah. all our hardware stuff. Real nice people there, too, man. We, Real nice guys. We went to that computer class at ACT for two years together. So yeah. I was I was around when his dad was still running that show, yeah. running that, and his dad passed away 
And I remember all of us from that class, we had a little, as usual, we had our little crew, our little group. Yeah. And we, I remember we all went to his dad's funeral and that meant a lot to him. So that was a lot of fun. Um, back in those days, we did a, that was a crazy, crazy time. Yeah, that yeah. was, that was the computer class we took over. Mm-hmm. And our teacher, who I, I look back now and realize we tormented endlessly for two years, but she was a good sport about it. She fell sick with, I think, bacterial meningitis. Oh, that sucks, dude. So we didn't know. So yeah. we get to class on Monday and she's gone and we, you know, we asked the sub. So what? You know, what's the deal? When is she coming back? Well, she's going to be sick. She's sick, and she's not going to be back for a few weeks. Yeah. So concerned as we were, the first thing I did was say, "Okay, I'll be right back." So this is the second year of two. I I drove there, had my car. I leave. I didn't even tell the school I was leaving, much less the teacher. I asked to go. I, I swear on the Bible, I did this. I told the the substitute teacher I need to go to the bathroom. I got in my car and drove home. Mm-hmm. Got my big spindle of uh, of video game computer games that were most of them were probably pirated. Yeah, and I'm talking Quake Three Arena, Age of Empires, oh, Quake, yeah, all of the stuff. emulators yeah. for NES and Super NES and Quake Genesis. Used to be the shit. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> I went and got the spindle, brought it back, and for and we installed them on every computer that we used <laughs> in the lab. So we spent three weeks basically with a giant LAN party playing video games, playing Quake and stuff. And the teacher had no clue what we That's were doing. Awesome. We didn't need anything else. Yeah, That's what we anything. did. So I remember that very vividly. How did we get here? I don't know. That's weird. I told um, you, every segment that I even have any part of. That's a good point. ADD. It's ADD. Is it, yeah. It's, uh, the other bit of retro gaming news. Oh, I had talked a little bit about, I don't know if it was the last episode or not, but I had talked about how they were doing a Genesis flashback. Uh-huh. console yeah. that I wanted to get. It had wireless controllers and had a, mm-hmm. a, um, a cartridge slot so you could play your own games on it. And I had to get one, and it was very important. Well, luckily... You didn't get one. I'm a podcast listener. Uh, we have a podcast. I want to support other podcasters as well and do as much as I can for them and hope they return the favor. And I listen to some retro gaming uh, podcasts. Apparently, it's a good thing I didn't get it because it's garbage. Huh. Apparently... The games are trash or what? Well... The game, a lot of the games you would expect Bootlegs. to be on it are not good. I mean, it's it's a commercial item. At yeah. Games made it. It probably actually has a lot of Japanese-speaking games. Number one, it's got a bunch of crappy titles that were never even released mm-hmm. at all on the system. So nobody would want them anyway. The software that operates it is buggy and doesn't work very well. <laughs> and this is what's even worse. Apparently, it drops frames. So the the play gets choppy because the emulation software inside of the console is bad. How can you drop frames on sixteen? On a sixteen bit? and and a basic 30, 30 frame um, frames per second frame rate. Why did you make this out of a dollar? I don't even. I would say they probably used half dollars and got change back. It was Gosh. awful. So they did that. I'm glad I didn't buy it. <laughs> Apparently, the big word was they were going to have three Mortal Kombat games on it. Didn't even come included. So that's trash. I'm glad I didn't buy it. So if you're thinking about buying the Genesis flashback console to play your Sega Genesis games, don't bother. Either get on eBay and get you a Genesis or use the emulation software. There's a really good one, uh, a good emulation software for Genesis. I think it's called Kega Ultimate or something like that. Go to Computer Whiz because they have them. Go to Computer Whiz if you're anywhere near here. Maps Cut, West Virginia. We have listeners all over the place, so I can't remember exactly what it is, but... That's disappointing because that's another example of a company that's saying, you know, we're going to jump in on this and we're going to capitalize. And not give anybody anything they want. We're going to capitalize on the move 
to do all of this mm-hmm. and get into retro gaming. Well, if you're going to do it, could you at least produce something that's worthwhile? It's yeah. just it's just trash. The name of that emulator is Kega Fusion, <laughs> and it will play the Sega Master System, which was the 8-bit console that, that competed the, with the Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, it good. plays Sega Genesis, it plays 32X, it plays Sega CD. It will play literally everything Sega's ever done. It plays Game Gear games. 32X sucks. It didn't do anything. It was yeah. worthless. It was like a little booster pack for your Nintendo, like brought up a 32X, 32... It, it was supposed to turn your Genesis so into a 32-bit system, system yeah. and it was absolute garbage. garbage. So that uh, the only game I ever remember being u- it being used for was Sonic and Knuckles. Because you plugged yeah. it into the top of the 32X, and it was pointless. Yes. So that's worthless, but it also plays Game Gear games. It's a great piece of software, and it's it's another one of those emulators that is produced strictly by people who do it as a hobby. All they ask is you donate. If you don't donate, whatever, it's still freeware. Support people like that. They're yeah, doing good like things for you. We like Altered Beast. We love Altered Beast. Give Altered Beast that. was Zero Tolerance. Zero, I played Zero, zero tolerance. tolerance the other night. Zero Tolerance is great. It's such a great game. We're going to do awesome. it. We're going to do, if I can get this thing worked out with a couple of the retro gaming people, mm-hmm. we're going to do a retro gaming episode. It's unnerving, actually, man. That was it's, my first, like, I know I play I play Doom a little bit, but that was the first first person shooter i really immersed myself into besides doom we can start doing a segment just on unpopular opinions and one of my unpopular opinions and i think you share it zero tolerance is better than doom yeah i mean i, I loved that the game. depth there is much better i mean it's not as well it can be as gory i mean you can still cap people in the head and everything but else. the challenge of yeah. it and the way that, that you had to be stationary with mm-hmm. it and be I mean, you had to yeah. be more accurate with that than you had to do be with doom using a mouse and and all that i love stuff. my flamethrowers in that game man that was such a good game we gotta have flamethrowers uh just a couple of flame show thrower. updates you, you just want to use a flamethrower in flame everyday thrower. life. I would. There's a couple of things I like to throw flames on. You would own it. I throw flames on it. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> you know, just looking I, at your cards, I like them. I like the doghouse. What the cards. business cards? I like the doghouse cards. Well, that's nice. I've got business cards too, and you never asked for one of those. I saw them on the table, dude. I'm just kind of nosy. You know this. I'm totally cool. I have nothing to hide. I smelled something I've never seen. Look through all the business cards you want. Business. Um, Just a couple of show updates. Hopefully here in the next month, month and a half, two months, I don't know how long it's going to take, we're going to set up an RSS feed, and the show is not just going to be on SoundCloud. We're going to have it on iTunes. We're going to have it on Stitcher. We're exploring Libsyn as as a host as well, but I don't think we need it if we have SoundCloud, so it's probably going to be SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. So for all of you, uh, you iPhone users and iTunes devotees, you'll be able to subscribe to it on iTunes, have them delivered automatically. That's going to be fun. Um, Here's another show update. We talked about all-you-can-eat nugget night. (laughs) Dave, disgusting, man. Dave failed to break the record. There will be no entrance music for this discussion because, number one, he's not here. Number two, he didn't break the record. His record was 94 he stopped at 70. Dave, His damn gut was distended. It looked like he was pregnant. looked like he was disgusting. pregnant. Disgusting. Dave, we're disappointed a little Ugh. bit. And I understand, this, this particular all-you-can-eat nugget night was packed more than any of them have ever been. There were people sitting in the floor at Crossroads Mall, and the line to get refills was 10, 15-minute wait. That's and, poison, I'm telling you. But that throws everybody. you off. It throws you off. Throws your timing off when you're trying to break a record, and I understand that. But we still expected you to get more than 70, and it's a little disheartening. 
that you couldn't get more than 70. So whenever they do this again, sometime after the first of the year, because Dave can't do it again this month because he's got a fight coming up. (laughs) But after the first of the year, they'll do it again. And when they do, I think we all need to rally around him to lift himself to a place where he can break that record of 94, get to 100, and not leave us all a little disheartened because – you know, I don't know if you've noticed, That's a Steve. lot of nuggets, dude. It is, but I, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I, our heroes are letting us down, Steve. Yeah, they kind of are. They're starting to let us down. A little bit. We expected more. That that was disgusting, dude. Your stomach looked gross, and I know you listen to this stuff. You I bet your turd me. was born with wings. Like, that's... <laughs> Hashtag food baby. Yeah, food baby with wings. I'll tell you this now. What gets me most about that stuff, I ate 16 because I was sick and had some other stuff going on. 16 enough for an adult man. Well, I can knock out 30, 40. 16 is fine. When I'm feeling okay, when I'm yeah. feeling good, I can, hit, I can do 30 or 40. Did you say okay? But no, okay. I, didn't, I did okay. not, sir, ever <laughs> I did I say that. When you listen to this, you're going to hear, okay. I'll bleep it. <laughs> but in any event, yeah, I can, I can take 30 or 40. What kills me is the sodium. <laughs> The sodium it in, kills a in lot those of people. nuggets and the oil, they couldn't keep up with how many they had to produce. It's so like peanut oil, right? It is peanut oil, but they couldn't keep up with changing it out as often as they needed to. So when you're getting toward the end of that cycle, it tastes burnt. It just wasn't quite right. So they need to... Like Cracker Jack peanuts. They need to look at that a little bit more, but he didn't get the record. He stopped at 70. 94 was the record. He needs to get to 100 next time. Dave, we're disappointed. You need to get back to training and get ready to do that. We do have positive news. We have great positive show news. We've talked about our crossover episode that's coming up with the Kung Fu Spaceman channel on Twitch.tv, and that's Twitch.tv slash Kung Fu Spaceman. We have good news. Uh, The channel has reached affiliate status. Twitch did give him affiliate status, so now the subscribe button is live. Um, Head on over to the website. Check it out. Watch one of his streams. If you're up late at night on the East Coast, he's usually streaming somewhere between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. or so. Get on there and watch it. Interact. He's got his gaming group on there with him a lot. Hop into the chat room talk watch what's going on i assure you it's a good time it's a lot of fun i'm in there a lot if you don't realize that i'm the one that's using the the username apex live podcast i don't know how to help you but it's a lot of fun check it out we're going to do our crossover episode there were a couple of technical glitches we had to get worked out with some of the software on his end he's got that worked out so we're going to be doing that soon hopefully within the next couple of weeks sometime in october we're going to do that episode and it'll be a lot of fun and we have listener feedback We have a couple of people who submitted their own top five list of their Desert Island dinners, and we're going to read those here in just a second. And on my Desert Island list, my number one was Troy's Philly Cheesesteak in Withville. I just found out Troy's is back. Now, I I never got it 100% confirmed that he had tax issues, but that's what was told to me whenever they closed. So I I just went with the word of the guy who lives in town. How do you get in trouble for taxes in Virginia? I thought it was really tax lenient at that part of the state. I thought so, too, but... That's Southern Virginia. Yeah, but I'll tell you this. If there's anyone that's not real understanding about these things, it's the IRS. Yeah, they suck. So state taxes, maybe. Federal taxes, no. I don't know if that was 100% true. It doesn't matter. They disappeared. I found out they're back. Troy's is back. They're in Fairlawn, so I'm going to arrange a field trip. Steve, you may have to go for this. I probably will. Okay. I, I know uh, I have a colleague. He uh, lives in uh, Whitfield, so we may do this. It's, Fairlawn is right past Pulaski. If you go out 81, yeah, don't stop in Pulaski. Unless I'm there to watch baseball, I'm not stopping in Pulaski. Yeah. So 
we're going to have to take a field trip at some point. Go down to Troy's, have a, f- a Philly cheesesteak, and do that. I haven't so went on a food cool. field trip yet, so you've not. That's right, you've not done that yet. So we'll I could do, do that. that. Troy's would be nice. That's well, not far, far of a little area to go to. That's about what an hour and from twenty five from, from here from the recording studio at my home. One hour thirty minutes. It's a hundred and five miles. Okay, and we can pull that off in probably an hour twenty or thirty minutes. Okay, so that's, that's awesome. not too bad. Um, before we break. We're going to get into these Desert Island meals because it was a pretty pretty cool couple of lists that came in, and they were very divergent cool. in terms of um, of what they decided to put on there. And what was really cool is both of them took it seriously. They really put some thought into this and didn't just say what the list was, but why they put those na- those items on there. And I thought that was great. So we'll start with Justin Navaria's list. The teddy bear sent in his list of his top five. Very interesting. I got to say his list was interesting. Teddy bear lo- loves to eat. He's a he's a cook like I am, so I know he loves to eat. Number five, the Royale Steak Burger from Steak and Shake, which he calls the best breakfast burger in the world. A Royale with cheese? It is, and it's got the egg on it. Ah. It's got the fried egg on the burger. That's why Royale it's the breakfast burger. So he's pretty happy about that. Number four, his wife Brittany's meatloaf. Now, this is why it, that one stands Does out for him. Does she listen to this, too? I don't know. But <laughs> if you do, Brittany, it's nice, nice, to, nice to have you as a listener. She cooks them in the in the um the muffin tins. So she makes the mini meatloaves. That's how I make it. In the in the muffin tins yeah. and then you've got the thin crispy layer on the sides and it gives you more yeah. flavor surface there and that's awesome. Number 3, the porterhouse steak from Tumbleweed. I've never been to Tumbleweed. Is that like a steakhouse or something? We had one for about 6 months. Sounds and then like it a gay bar to me. Uh, I wouldn't the rusty know. spur. The rusty spur sounds like one Tumble, way more than Tumbleweed. Well, there goes the Tumbleweed Steakhouse sponsorship. <laughs> Tumbleweed is over where the Peking Chinese Buffet is in front of Staples here in Beckley. Check local listings. We have that here? We used to have it. Oh. It's where Peking Chinese Buffet is now. Oh, okay. It's in that okay. building. The Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed sign used to be up. It oh, may it still be hanging up. It does look like a Western type yeah. of saloon deal. I wondered about okay, that. Okay, well, before it was Tumbleweed, it used to be Western Sizzlin' Steakhouse for about 25 years. Up until the early nineties, and then it switched over. Talk about Sizzler, Western Sizzlin. Oh, so it's not Sizzler, not Sizzler, but it's the same concept. Sizzler, but Tumbleweed, <laughs> they have them where Teddy Bear lives in Ohio, and he likes that steak. The Porterhouse is a twenty-four ounce steak. They got one of those at um, the Outback. That's awesome. They said a twenty-four ouncer that. When cooked medium is the juiciest, most tender, giant hunk of deliciousness you can get. And for free on a desert island, I'll effing take it. So thank you, Teddy Bear, for that commentary. That's right. Number two, the Asian Zing Boneless Wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, because why not? And number one, and I love this number one pick. It's like listening to a Letterman top ten list. Number one, ham balls, because the name is funny, but they're still amazing. <laughs> and I thought that was an excellent list. Rocky and then, Oysters. I'm not nah. ever eating Rocky Mountain oysters, but I will gladly, as a practical joke, get someone else to eat them because that's hysterically funny. Like these freaking mushrooms are huge. Uh, you've done that to somebody, haven't you? <laughs> haven't you? No, nope. but I probably will. Now no. you want to? Well, nah. maybe eat that. Eat these nuts. Maybe that'll be. Maybe maybe that will be a podcast bit. I want you to lick the salt of the nuts. Just do it. <laughs> now that's from South Park. That's right. Chocolate salty balls. <laughs> I'm not playing that. Uh, our Georgia correspondent, Ashley, decided to send in her 
desert island dinners and that was that was an interesting list too because you had a couple of chains mm-hmm. you had a homemade one from from her family and then you had a couple of just small family owned independent restaurants so that was pretty cool yeah. number five and i've actually had this one myself the parmesan crusted chicken from longhorn steakhouse now I make Parmesan crusted chicken, yeah, and I like mine a whole lot. But I've had theirs too, and it's really good. Parmesan crusted chicken, loaded mashed potatoes, and asparagus. It's a good desert island it's, meal. It's balanced. You have your protein, you have your vegetable, and you have your uh, carbs there. Yeah, my my list was not healthy at all, but she, but hers was. So yeah. props for that. And that's okay. Number four, biscuits and gravy that her nan used to make. Ah, you had biscuits and gravy on yours. I, I did. I had the one from Fred's restaurant, Fred's. but her nan made this, and her nan was one of the most formative people in her life really and that and that was really awesome good um i knew i knew nan would have something on the list yeah i just didn't know what it would be in its biscuits and gravy that's cool number three the garlic double steak burger with extra garlic spread and parmesan and herb fries from steak and shake There's which a is a lot my, of herbs going on that's one of my favorite burgers ever made and Sounds i can good, re- i can recreate it I can recreate that burger and make it better at my house. But that's that's something. Every time she's ever been to Steak and Shake, that's what she's ordered. She gets. And she started ordering it because I told her to start ordering it. And now she just now gets she loves that it. every time. It's good. Number two, the hibachi steak, fried rice, broccoli, and shrimp sauce from Tokyo Boat 2 in Roswell, Georgia. Tokyo Boat 2. That sounds like a movie. There's three of them. That sounds like something Jackie Chan was in. That's one of the first things I said. Tokyo Boat Two. I went in there because we went to that. We went to that restaurant together. I was down there for a Braves game, or a Braves a series of what, Braves. Tokyo games. Boat Two. Yes. Okay. So we go in there, and it's Tokyo Boat Two, and we get seated. And I said, "So am I going to be able to understand Tokyo Boat Two if I didn't see Tokyo Boat One?" <laughs> That's good. Fair question. And number one, the uh, calzone from Tomatoes and Flames in Mount Sterling, Kentucky. And that's another one of my favorite places. I went there. I always stop there on my way to Cincinnati to watch Mm -hmm. the Braves play the Reds every year. And it's this little place. uh, Mount Sterling, Kentucky is this little tiny town. And you'd never think there's anything cool there. there. You wouldn't think there's anything there. And it's this iconic scene of a little small town old buildings old businesses and this place just sits on a storefront yeah and they are a neapolitan style pizzeria i'm telling the story this is on her list but i'm telling the story because i'm the one who showed her this place yeah um it's a neapolitan style pizzeria they flew this wood-fired oven in from italy to make these pies everything is made fresh a pizza cooks in about two minutes Two and a half minutes. The yeah, calzone, it's what, like five hundred degrees or something. Uh, at least, at yeah. least that. The calzones take about eight minutes, but they are the most amazing things you'll ever have. They I have kn- that nice brown crisp. I knew that would be on yeah. her list too, so that's pretty cool. And I'm glad she got to submit that. So we Sweet. have listener feedback. That's always fun. Um, got a lot of stuff to talk about in segment number two. We're going to take a break, but we will be back with more with segment two of episode six of Apex Live right after this. It's segment two of episode six of Apex Live. I'm Brad, that's Steve, and I hope you've got your seatbelt still buckled, especially if you listen to that first half of the show. My gosh, did that go off the rails, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Well, like we talked about, there's been a lot of stuff going on during our little unintentional hiatus that uh, really kind of shook everybody else up, and I know the the first half of the show was very light and disjointed, and there's a, a lot of levity to it, but what was going on 
over the last several several days, seven, eight, nine, ten days, to say that it was terrible, to say that it was awful and unfortunate, is still an understatement. Yeah. Um, and we're of course talking about uh, the shooting in Las Vegas at the country music concert that left fifty nine dead and more than five hundred and twenty wounded. Uh, so far, we're being told that it was all the work of one man with a whole bunch of, of weapons shooting from the Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino, and we'll talk about that aspect of it as well. But really, your thoughts, first of all, go to all the people who lost their lives and were injured and all the first responders that had to uh, that had to go in there and deal with that situation firsthand. It's, it's amazing that we're still seeing so many of those things happen over and over again, and they're crossing every demographical line. They're crossing the lines of location and and what would be expected and and the political spectrum. And I don't know what your thoughts were when it happened. We were obviously we're on the East Coast. So this happened late, even in Las Vegas on the West Coast. So most of us woke up to that news and found out what happened. And I've never been to Las Vegas. Steve, you have. Yeah, Um, that was I mean, to call that terrifying as someone who goes to a lot of events, um, not so much concerts as sporting events, but I go to concerts as well. Um, to, to see what all of that meant, um, your thoughts just right off the cuff for what all happened. Um, I have mixed emotions about that. Uh, I just don't, you know, of course I'm there, you know, I, I feel for the families that the lost people in their lives. And, uh, I don't really know what the agenda possibly could be, but I mean, I'm not necessarily what you would consider a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, but I do believe that there are things um, that go about incidents like this um, that are just a little too too weird. There's a yeah. lot of this that we don't understand, and there's a lot of this that is been, a lot of details that are being hidden and and not talked about. And I understand that, and I watched the 60 minute special on this over the weekend where they talked to the four officers that were involved right in the middle of it, the ones who breached his room initially mm-hmm. um, when they finally got up there to him on the 32nd floor and all those things. Um, but we'll we'll go in order of, of these things right after the event. We'll go through the timeline. Right after the event, you could almost set your watch by it. There's nothing that is more grating in these times than when you have what is truly... People go to the word tragedy, and and I think that's bad word choice. Because tragedy, to me, is an event that has nothing to do with human input. Tragedy is... A natural disaster. That's a that's tragic. An accident is tragic. This was an act in whatever form it took of number one, domestic terrorism, and number two was an act of evil. This was evil, and we'll talk about wordplay and how that's how that's being used against everyone here in just a second. But that was an act of evil. And I hate whenever those things happen. The first move for most people is to do one thing, and that's immediately politicize it. The guns. Now you can you can I don't know why we don't have a a game of bingo dedicated to this, but if you're going to talk about something being politicized and who's going to do it, and you have a bingo card to fill out, Hillary Clinton would be the free space in the middle of the card. You knew it was just a matter of time before she, she chimed in with something. And I liked her first move was to say, let's not politicize this in the same tweet. 
in which she politicized it and blamed the NRA. Now, I don't, I don't really see how the NRA had anything to do with this. Why is she even Again. talking anymore? Because she's not shit. I have a question. I mean, really. My question for, for all of the political analysts and theorists out there. Simple question. What is it going to take to make the Clintons go away? Just go. You have done nothing but play these public roles for decades. I'm still not entirely sure what good you have done in any of them. Bill is a rapist. Hillary's done nothing but be a senator from New York and a, essentially a failed secretary of state. What have you done positive in New York? And now they're bringing now they're now the word is they're starting to, um, I guess, mold. Um, Chelsea into mm-hmm. the next Clinton to to be involved in politics. What is it going to take to get the Clintons to go away? And mold her into a human being because I think she was born a horse. Just saying, maybe she's related to Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> um, they both could bite a wall. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was coming with her. We knew this was going to happen, and of course, as soon as she does it, now here come the rest of the celebrities. The same ill-informed, left-wing, knee-jerk, limousine liberals who only say something intelligent when someone else is writing the lines for them. And look, have opinions different from me, I don't care. And there's a lot of their opinions that, yeah, I kind of agree with them. It's okay. I'll be okay with with those things. But they're just, they run their mouth incessantly about these issues, and then you realize that they're the ones who also have armed security everywhere they go. I'm looking at you, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel made nothing but a big, emotional, tear-filled rant on national television about this subject. And throughout the entire discussion, he proved he knows nothing about it. And if you want to see a great rebuttal to all of these things, Ben Shapiro posted one on his website. It's on his podcast, the Ben Shapiro podcast, which is also part of SoundCloud. And he decimates it literally from start to finish and shows that Kimmel really just does not know what he's talking about. I understand he's emotional, and I believe, Steve, I believe he's genuine in what he says. He don't give a shit. But that does not mean that he knows what he's... He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's an actor. He just doesn't know. He knows nothing. So that's number one. Um, The the most encouraging part of all this for me, and I'm glad you got to see this. We saw it with 9-11. We've seen it with a lot of bad things, is the stories of heroism. That have come out. One guy that was able to get 20 or 30 people to safety before he was shot himself, but, but survived the wound. Um, that happened. It was an African-American gentleman. There's the, the pictures and the stories have been told on Facebook about that. Just a tremendous story. Um, people who were giving their lives, shielding others. Yeah. Um, truly heroic moments. And, and those do illustrate certainly not the baseline and the overall average of humanity, because humanity in general is terrible, and we've covered that before. But it shows the best of humanity, and it shows what people can ultimately be, ideally, um, when the chips are down. So that was really good to see as well. Um, My big concern for this, number one, of course they're politicizing it. It's the NRA. I still don't know how the NRA has anything to do with this. And the immediate knee-jerk reaction to that is always, well, they're advocating for all of these, these gun laws to not go into effect. Steve, there's not a single gun law that would have prevented this. No. Not one. No. Okay? Not one gun law not would have all. prevented this. No. And that's a, that is a fact. The, the discussion moves to assault weapons. These weren't assault weapons that yeah. were used. These were not fully automatic weapons. And by the way, fully automatic weapons are 100% illegal 
for 99% of the country. And you know what's true about it's a criminals? a special permit you have to have. And nobody gets them. And the guns are five digits apiece. And you can make any any weapon pretty much that's semi-automatic an automatic weapon. Yes. You can do that yourself. You can fix it There's and make it happen. There's people that teach you. You can go on YouTube and they will show you how to do it. Absolutely. And it's not, honestly, if you have any knowledge of guns whatsoever, it's not Automatic weapons do. are not accurate whatsoever. There's a reason why the military, for a single personnel carry, has went to three-round burst. There is no accuracy whatsoever in a fully automatic weapon. Well, look at where the momentum takes you the muzzle after rise. the first two or three shots. Yeah, the muzzle rise. Now that and that's important, everyone listening, for one reason. Steve is a military guy. He is a veteran. He knows of which he speaks. The people who are in L.A., the people who are in Hollywood Darn that try shit. to tell you all these things have no clue. I doubt any of them have ever fired a gun. And the ones who have were probably not very good at it and failed to ask any questions about it. Yeah. And that's just infuriating. Look, have differing opinions, but if your opinion is going to be different or if it's going to be the same as mine or if it falls somewhere in between, I want it to at least be informed. At least know what you're talking about. Yeah. And they clearly do not. So that's number one. Criminals... Every criminal has something in common, Steve. You know what that you know what that one thing in common is? They don't give a shit about the law. Oh wow. Now that wasn't hard to figure out, was it? <laughs> not too not Criminals too hard. don't obey the law. We're gonna pass five hundred new gun laws. And guess guess what that will do about any of this? Not a thing. The only thing it's gonna do is make a lot more people defenseless for absolutely no reason, either against criminals or against a government that's gone completely out of control. Here we go again, nineteen eighty four. That's yeah. all this is going to turn into. And, and that just that drives me crazy. And here's the second part of this that I, th- I don't think most people are addressing. I don't think most people are talking about this. Steve, you may have thought about this um, because we we kind of go down the same roads with a lot of these things um, just in general uh, from a societal standpoint and a sociological standpoint. But I have a big issue with what is being said about the person who carried this out. Now, I'm obviously not defending this man. I'm not defending what he did. But I have a big problem with how certain parts of this are being portrayed. Yeah. And it may be word choice, semantics, however you want to put mm-hmm. it. But I have a big problem with the fact that they're they're using this, the media, people on a certain end of the political spectrum, are using this to do one thing, and that's to push an agenda about guns. And they're not going to say that this is about confiscation. Mm-hmm. It's about confiscation because – Everything they're talking about at this end of the chain, it's not going to do any good. We can pass all these laws and try to take all these measures. It's not going to do anything about this. So their logical line of action can only lead toward something that I find and you find and most Americans find entirely unacceptable. It's completely retarded. You can't do it. You just can't do it. I'm just just for fun fact, and I was looking at here um, list of cities by murder rate. Okay, um, we have uh, Caracas, Venezuela. We have Acapulco, Mexico, San Pedro Solo, uh, Honduras, uh, another uh, city in Honduras. And to my knowledge, there is um, a gun ban in Honduras. They kill each other with knives, and I bring this point all the time. It can be done with other weapons. It doesn't have to be done with guns. Absolutely not. What, what did we hear about? What have we already heard about in 2017? This was the biggest mass shooting in in, in 2017. This is the bi- well, biggest in the United States. This is the big, biggest mass shooting in the United States. In the United States. Well, you know what? That that is certainly true. Yeah. And here's the other issue I have with that. 
take the gun out of his hands. Yeah. He's number one. He still wants to kill people. I remember there being a story. What about a year ago? Could he have constructed a bomb if he wanted to? Look at how many people got killed in France because of a guy with a van. Yeah. Oh yeah. He ran every was straight into people. Okay. Look at the numbers. Same thing on in Germany. That. Look at the exactly. Yeah. Look at the numbers on this. This is not a gun issue. It's a people issue. And this is the second part of this that I wanted to get to about word choice. This is not a mental health issue. No. Okay? And this is what I want to make clear about this. When you start saying that we need to do a background check and those who are mentally ill should not be allowed to have a gun, saying that it is a mental health issue. They're basically targeting veterans with PTSD. Just throwing that out there. Well, it brings veterans into the situation. It brings a lot of everyday Americans into the situation because mental health is a very large umbrella. Oh, yeah. It's a very far-reaching, broad term that does not necessarily... It's a false equivalence with a lot of things that are that are just not correct. Mm-hmm. Not everyone who suffers from a mental illness or a mental, a mental problem, mental issue, mm-hmm. has a dissociative condition that takes them away from an attachment and understanding of reality. That is not true. And this is, this is an example of why. You have some people who deal with schizophrenia, who deal with a lot of dissociative conditions where they do lose touch with reality. Okay, that happens. By the same token. They shield themselves from people. They hide more than anything else. Well, let's look at something else, too. And maybe they do feel threatened in you whatever way. You hide yourself when you're threatened. You don't attack when you're threatened for the most part. For the most part. You, but, you hide. True. Now, let's look at some other people. How about people who deal with chronic depression? Serious depression. The only people they want to kill are themselves. Yeah. Okay? Look at people who deal with chronic anxiety. Not, I'm not talking social anxiety. I'm talking the crippling, everyday, generalized anxiety disorder. It's, it's with them every day of their life. People who deal with depression and anxiety, guess what? They don't want to get out of bed. They're not going out to do any of those things. The issue there is that all of these people, in general, are mentally ill. All of those things fall under the umbrella in the DSM-4, DSM-5, whatever the current manual is. I believe it's DSM-5. Are suffering from a mental illness. Anxiety is that. Depression is that. Are you telling me that these people who are not a danger in that way should fall under the same classification in terms of federal law for something like that? That is, that's absurd. And yet we have people who want to say that. Why? Because it furthers their ultimate agenda. Not the one they're saying they have, but their ultimate agenda, which is to go in and take them away. I understand there are going to be people who say, oh, we, you know, you guys are being paranoid. Do you know how we don't want to go in and take your guns and yeah. do all this stuff. Are you sure? Because tell me one law. Tell me one law that can be passed that is going in six months that would have any effect on this event, on the Virginia Tech shooting 10, 12 years ago, any of those things. Tell me the laws that would have stopped that. Okay, and here's why. Laws don't stop anything. They only stop law-abiding people. That's it. Bingo. Now, let's look at this. Go back to... Let's go back to the Virginia Tech issue. The Virginia Tech shooting. That was 2005, I believe. Yeah. 04, 05, somewhere in there. 06. It was that in that window. 04 to 06. I understand that the person who, who committed that just that horrific act... I remember that day vividly. I had friends on that campus... I understand that the the one who did that had mental health issues. They were documented. So let's say he decides 
he is going to go buy these guns, these weapons, and he's going to go carry this out. And he goes into the gun store and he says, I want to buy these three guns, whatever. And they say, well, we ran your background check. You can't have them. Are you going to tell me that because you had those laws in place that he's going to go? Well, shucks. Sure, I can't buy these from somebody else. Well, I'm just going to go on home and not do this and just stew about it all and not worry about it. No, he's going to go and buy one from somebody out in an alley or off of Craigslist, and the same thing is going to happen. And that doesn't mean that you don't pass laws, but it also means that you don't do, you don't bank on those to solve every problem. This is true with with violence. It's true with just about any, it, drugs are a great issue. You cannot legislate morality. If you don't care about the- the consequences, the law does not matter to you. Well, you can't legislate morality. Yeah. You cannot You cannot pass laws to make people do what, what it should be considered morally mm-hmm. correct. You cannot do it. People will do it anyway. There was a time before Roe versus Wade that abortion was illegal. Abortion still happened. Yeah. Okay. It's been since the people have been having people. Okay. People yeah. got pushed downstairs. There were coat hangers in alleys. Bad things happened. Sometimes your body aborts babies on its own. Do I believe abortion should yeah. be legal? 100% no. If you don't yeah. like that, come at me. We have the email address. Run it back. You can email me all yeah. you want. Okay? No, I don't believe abortion should be legal at all. But do I think that having abortion banned is going to stop people from doing it? It'll slow it down. It'll stop the availability of it. Is it going to stop it? No. I tell you what, I'm pretty sure there are laws against shooting massive numbers of people at concerts. That didn't do any good. There are laws right now against drugs. Drugs are a bigger problem now than they have ever been. And I understand big pharmaceutical companies are are not helping at all because there's a huge sector of the drug problem that's all about pharmaceuticals. But then and, again, it's not the drugs. Just like it's not the gun. It's not the drug. It's not the, the gun. The people are using it. Yeah. The people are using it. It's they're, a people They're issue. shitheads to begin with, so it's time to proliferate being a shithead. So if it's not if it's not a mental health issue as it's being it's portrayed, people. you know what it is? Let's call it what it is. It's not mental health. You know what it is? It's evil. Yeah. You have to call it what it is. And the word is evil. But there's a reason, Steve, why they don't want to use the word evil. Hmm. Because evil is not something that just exists in the heart of men. Because you have to have good if you have evil. Evil comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay? Satan is what creates evil. Yeah. Satan's real. You can can act like Satan's not real all you want, and that's the best trick he's ever pulled on anybody is convincing him that he's not real. But Satan's real. Well, you know what? If Satan's real, God is too. Mm-hmm. And well, if, then you have to admit that God exists. Yeah, and if that, God's real, guess what? Now that means that you're accountable, and that means that somebody's that. in charge. Yeah, we can't and that's the last thing you want from a secular humanist perspective or anything else. Nobody's in charge of me. But nobody wants to call it evil. We'll, we'll call it mentally ill. Well, now you're damaging an entire sector of, of the human race that had literally nothing to do with it. This is not dissociative. Okay, I've dealt with depression before, but now the diagnosis of any type of depression is the first the first treatment is uh, serotonin uptake inhibitor. Oh, SSRIs. Yeah. Oh, yes, the reuptake inhibitors. So they they do that. Have you noticed? Have you noticed the history with all of these all of these stuff, offenders? Man. It's bad. Look at the history of all of these they're offenders all, and these crimes. Upta- reuptake inhibitors. They're all on psychotropic meds. Yeah. And I'm not saying psychotropic I meds have, have no use. I have taken them, and I'll tell you what, I stopped quickly. I'm not saying that they have no use. For I, some people, it's the only thing that works, and I will gladly say that. But they are being overprescribed. Mine made me hurt, hear voices. I swear to you, I had to quit taking them. They're being overprescribed. They're causing a lot more problems than they solve yeah. for a great deal of people yeah. who use them. And let's get, let's get this I clear. might have been wrong for me, but I'm just saying what it did to me was not... 
unpleasant. Well, let's whatsoever. get this clear too. The SSRIs that are being used for things like depression and so on, those are different drugs than things like Ativan, Xanax, and so on that are yeah. anti-anxiety. Yeah. Those are different types of medication. Oh, yeah, that's completely different. Yes. Yeah. And when you see how these things work, I'm telling you, when correlation does not imply causation. That's basic science. But when you see the correlation, you need to at least understand the relationship that certainly exists. And I have a problem when you don't want to call it evil and you want to call it mental health, because if you call it mental health, that that's what leads you to the second part of, of, yeah. of the monologue and Take the lecture. <laughs> not even that. That's another step further down. Yeah. The next step to it for me is, well, he snapped. Yeah. He snapped and killed all those people. This guy took all of these weapons, if he did do it by himself, we'll get to that in a second, but if he did do this and he played a role in it, he took all of these things up to his hotel over a period of three or four days. Well, he didn't buy all those guns the day he did it. So he's been planning this for weeks, months, who knows how long. So he's been doing that. He had to go in and set up a security system with all of these video cameras. So he's drilling holes in walls, and he's running wire and putting it all in there. He's setting up all of his ammo. He's setting up the guns. At Mandalay Bay. Yes. Yeah. At one of the busiest places in Vegas. So then he puts in... He puts the guns on a bipod. One gun's on a bipod over by the window. And he has one pointed at the door. And it's pointed at the door. And now he's got the other ones that are over by the window so he can shoot. He's got what he needs to break out the window of the hotel, which is 800-pound glass. It was removed. Yes. Yeah, 800-pound glass by one human being. It makes no sense. How does that work? But but even, even with that kind of as an uncertainty, you watch that. And you watch everything else that he did. You've got money being sent overseas, $100,000. His girlfriend just magically happens to be out of the country whenever this happens. And you're going to tell me that he snapped? Yeah. That is only a, ra- uh, literally, a rational, sane human being who made the decision, the con- the conscious decision, the evil decision to carry out these actions. This was not a mentally ill person in that term. In that, in that way of saying it, mm-hmm. with that definition, he was not mentally ill. He did not snap. This is not a sudden mental breakdown. This was a cold, calculated set of events, a plan put in motion that he carried out and took 59 lives. Call it what it is. And there's not a gun law that had anything to do with it. The NRA had nothing to do with it. Stop politicizing it. And this is a face value approach This completely different than what I am going to go into but i understand this is nobody's going to say this was october 1st that this happened and this is and this, this is, is a october valid, 10th. this is a valid view of, of what i consider the, is a normal perspective of this situation but we're, and, and yeah. it's and it's being presented nine days after the fact yeah we're off of that initial emotional dump and rush of of anger and confusion and all of those things that we felt when we woke up to that news we're we are well after the fact but my goodness, people, stop using it to further what – stop using it as a platform. You were – I will say this, and I know it's controversial, but it's true. Stop standing on the bodies of the dead. What's his middle name, by the way? Does anybody know? I have no clue. But you, usually it is three names whenever you have – but it's Stephen Paddock. Stop standing on the bodies of the dead. Yeah, that was ridiculous. So you can, so you can proclaim your voice from a political standpoint. Mm-hmm. It is insulting, and it is wrong, and Sickening. it's not going to do any good. Sickening. These people should be ashamed of themselves, and it's Hillary Clinton, but it's so many more. And I'll, I'll say this, too. It's the people on the other side. It's the people on the right who are doing it, trying to scream back at her. 
Mm-hmm. The bodies weren't even cold and people were already Everybody doing this. And it's out. not right. Yep. Let everything settle out. And then let's talk about common sense solutions, which, by the way, none of them have to do with banning guns. Not no. one of them does. No. Okay. Do I know what the solutions are? Do I have a perfect solution to all this? Goodness, no. But I know what it's not, and it has nothing to do with everyday people who have nothing to do with this, who feel the brunt of the impact from what's happening afterwards. And that that drives me crazy, and I know it does you too. So so where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I mean, in... The people that want to ban guns, they can just keep chasing their tail, basically, for me. Um, we see this happen all the time. It doesn't have to be a gun. It can be a pressure cooker. It can be anything. Where, where there's an agenda. Ask the people in Boston about guns. And shock and awe to be involved. It doesn't matter. That's just like you know how Fight Club says, murder, crime, poverty. Those things, they really – they do concern, but they don't really concern me because that's a human condition. There will always aspect. be poor people. Yeah. We can you can put communism yeah, in tomorrow. Do you know what communism does? People. You know what communism does and yeah. socialism? It creates poverty. Poverty. That's all it does. And when you create that, you create desperate people, and that's what leads to more crime. And that what that's what empowers the government to put their foot on the back of everyone's neck again to try to stop it. It does absolutely nothing. Capitalism is not perfect, but it's the best option we've got. Yeah. Now, we don't have a capitalist system anymore. We have a corporatist system. No, it's yeah, it's this everywhere. is corp- this is corporatism. And if you don't know the difference between the two, Google it. Believe go, me. Go get in the corporate uh, the workforce there, the corporate style of anything in a workforce, you will see. Well, capitalism you know. tells you that you need to succeed on your own merits, yeah, and that you need to have a superior product and create competition in a free market. Mm-hmm. And the result is that the consumer benefits. We don't have that anymore. What we have now is a corp is the corporatist Dictating. model. It's a yeah. corporatism model, and the, what sets a corporatism model apart is the fact that it creates false monopolies, which we have on a, on a government level, okay? You cannot have more than one cable television provider in a regional area. There can only be, no, you can have satellite. Yeah. You can only have one Just cable one. provider. Yep. You can only have one phone provider. You cannot do business wherever you want in the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? Yeah. All of you Affordable Care Act advocates? Okay, what we need, we don't need more government intervention. We need even more of a free market. If there is an an insurance company in Idaho that will give me a cheaper health insurance policy than any one that I have here, mm-hmm. I should be able to buy it. You need a, a bigger free market. In the corporatist model, you don't have that. What you have is false monopolies that are created through le- through legal means on, on a trash. government level. It creates false monopolies, and guess what happens? The consumer suffers. We have a corporatist model now because people are doing the backroom deals, and they're getting paid off to pass laws. That's where the lobbyists come in. And all and this is supposed to stop a long time ago, and it's just getting worse. Well, that was the one big promise we heard from, from the Trump campaign from day one was drain the swamp. Well, where is it? Where is it? I want to see the swamp drained. Let's let's get back to a capitalist model because when capital, capitalism is running well, you've got to have regulation. I understand that. But when it's a yeah. fully free market and it's running like it should run, it's going to trump everything else. I, I, yes, I know I use that as a verb. It's going to be better than anything else that's being out there. That's what we've got to do. And we've gotten away from it, so we have to get mm-hmm. back to it. The other thing that's going on right now in regards to what happened in Las Vegas, 
The conspiracy theorists are back at it again. That's kind of me right now. Now, I don't think we have enough information to necessarily start building complete theories on what happened. But I, and I, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I think we landed on the moon. I, I believe that 100%. I'm not a 9-11 truther. But it does seem a little strange to me that one guy did all of this. I don't Too see much. how one guy did all of this by himself. That doesn't make any sense. From that uh, point of view, you are naturally a skeptic. That's what you do. Yeah. Uh, and I am, too. I think you've got to be skeptical about a lot of these things. Where do you come in on this? What are your feelings on the situation? Stepping back from it nine days, ten days away, and having some of those facts starting to come out. Obviously, this man had something to do with it. Obviously, he's yeah. in there shooting people and doing stuff. But... I don't think he acted by himself, just like I don't think Oswald acted by himself with the Kennedy assassination. But what's your feel for it? How much do you think we don't know just overall in this, in all of this? I mean, who, who's to even say, really? I mean, we still have to find... Well, did he act by himself? What do you a, think? Of course not. No. Way. No. That's way too much equipment. Um, I think he too was much be- movement. I think he was way too accurate you don't think for they, somebody who was untrained. That's all, one thing that, that doesn't make any sense. Well, think about, we'll say, Boston uh, bombing, um, any other kind of... Uh, you know, domestic terrorism that we've had here, Oklahoma City, anything else like that. Being a hotel in a high-profile area, do you think they don't have cameras, that they don't look for certain um, oddities in behavior or, or, you know, even possibly some hidden detectors, you know, for like any kind of weapon? You know, uh, right. There, ha- there has to be something, a failsafe with that. I mean, you can't just be like, oh, we didn't know, blah, blah, blah. There's too many cameras and stuff involved. I mean, there's there's way too much logistic effort that I don't think one man carried out on his own. Well, with saw, no formal training. I mean, really. I saw a meme online that I think summed this up better than anything else ever could. And it kind of showed that stereotypical back security room of a casino yeah. where you've got hundreds of screens. Oh, yeah. And it says, you mean to tell me that these people can tell if you're counting cards oh, yeah, or sure. if you're whispering at a table? But nobody saw this guy doing all these things for days on end. And that's true. How are we going to have that many cameras in a building, outside of a building? How are we going to have all this information and still have nothing? It's like like the plane hitting the Pentagon on 9-11. You mean to tell me this is the most important building in the world when it comes to military, Mm -hmm. military issues? And we have two or three frames of video from one camera out in the yard? Are you? There are home security systems that you can get from Simply Safe that'll give you more video coverage than that on your cell phone. It's 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 absurd. Just... Now, I'm not a 9/11 truther. I'm not. That, are, are, but something's uh, not being something's not being communicated here. Look, uh, I, I don't need to know everything that happens with my government. I don't need to know a lot of it. But some of this stuff is just absurd. They they act like we are the dumbest people on earth. Now there are a lot of dumb people out there, but. There are a lot of very educated, very smart people, very thoughtful people. You mean to tell me nobody knew anything? There's so much of this that is just not adding up. And it's unfair to the people who were killed and who were injured and their families and the people who have suffered. It's unfair to all of them to have this trotted out endlessly and just act like we should accept it at face value when it is so patently false all it is, and that's the word here, it's a narrative. Well, there's a reason why it's a narrative. It's because it's a story. Yeah, it's a story. So, and, and I'm not saying that it's not true, but I'm saying that it's incomplete. 
I, you know, the thing is, it's incomplete. I can't. And I have a, and I'm, a, I'm a faith based person. Yes, but when it, and we both are, and I'm so glad that we both are. When it comes to human beings, I believe nothing of what I hear and half of what I see, and that half of what I see is not on a television screen. You know, I was all about half of what you see. I, I love that adage, and I was all about half of what you see. But that started changing for me around the time that Photoshop became really, yeah. really white. You can see you can run anything. That. Yeah, you can run that. I easy. can make it look like I was on the moon mm-hmm. if I want to, and make it look authentic and run it through filters. I can do all kinds of stuff. It's not hard to do. No. And you know, I, Photoshop really got rolling around the time I was in high school, and I never used it. I didn't, I didn't know how to use it, didn't want any part of it. In the last three or four years, I've really started to get good with it. And it's one of those things that as you get really, really good, and I'm, not, I'm nowhere near expert level, but as I got better with it, I started going, I could make this look like oh, yeah, anything. Sure. So believe, believe nothing you hear and half of what you see. How about... Nothing of nothing? How about you just go back to the simple Ronald Reagan ideal of trust but verify yeah you cannot trust and verify anything that is reported i blindly faith i I videotaped i blindly trust jesus christ yeah that's 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 my faith and we're done yeah (laughs) that's the that is the beginning middle and end of the list yeah and the people who trust the media there are people who trust the media there are people who trust what they're being told i remember when i was 10 years old we talked about this before We have, we have an entire sector of humanity in this country that got their news from The Daily Show. I used to believe in genocide as a, as a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. I, believed, I believed that there should be a mass extinction of human beings. I thought that. But why did you think that? Because it was told to you. No, it wasn't told. Really? This was my own thought of mm-hmm. like there's so many people. Just I lived in Florida at the time. There was a, still a bigger population than I was used to. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And as I got older, I was nineteen and eighteen. I was embarrassed at that thought process. There. But here's the thing you know? that even looking back, and it's like that was my thought process. That's what I was thinking yeah. about. That had to come from somewhere. But that's why I was saying media driven. Where did it come yeah. from? We don't know. No. You, you know, it might have been there for. And I've, I've sure. heard adults say that Me same too. thing when I was ten years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Are you serious? That's, Are you a clear thinking individual? That, that's, Obviously, that's not. an African kid, and you know, with a with an AK forty seven to me that that was my mindset as a child. You know, if I would have been there, I probably would have been a kid with an AK forty seven the way I was raised. That's and that's true. That is you so know? true. But that is so I, my, true. My opinion on life was less than that kid holding an assault rifle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was the same. An thing. actual assault rifle. Yeah, yeah. I was assault rifle in my mind. He was had a physical one. And once again, we cannot so. emphasize this enough. An AR-15, the AR does not stand for assault rifle. Yeah, it is a model number that was issued by the manufacturer. Yep. Okay. But it is, in, in fact, an assault rifle. But that's 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 not yeah. that's not what that means, yeah. and it is also not a fully automatic. Rifle. I have so, a salt fist. I got a left one and a right one. And a mean left hook. Yeah, just, just vicious. I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. Um, I think the question now becomes, and, and it follows that line that we were talking about, are we ever actually going to know the truth? Are we going to know what of happened? Not. Are we going to know what it meant? No. And if so, how? I, I don't... This uh, here we go another unpopular opinion. We could we need a segment of unpopular opinions. And do I, I do I even care what their narrative is of what we're talking about? I've, maybe the truth. Truth is, is I think it's, I think it's 
something that's not right. You know, I, I do believe that there are little squads that run around and they're they're given these so called missions every once in a while to uh divert attention. Well I'm glad you said that. And and this yeah. is why I'm glad you said that. Number one, how would we ever know? You wouldn't. I'm not a big fan of, of his work and how he's carried it out, but I think there are benefits to it, and that's Julian Assange with WikiLeaks. Yeah. I like Sometimes Assange. there's a lot of stuff I don't think we need to put out there because it can create legitimate national security yeah. issues and it can put our military at risk. It put our, puts our citizenry at risk and we can't just throw it out there all at once mm-hmm. because there is such a thing when you're dealing with a mass populace of too much information. It'll create chaos. But but a lot of the stuff he's put out there, I'm kind of glad we know. That's a good thing. So that's the only way we'd ever find out. But this is where I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. There is an idea that there are people who are saying that this could have been a false flag attack. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying it was or that it wasn't. I don't. I don't really feel that it is. That's my, you know. That's just, MK Ultra is real. That's it is. But that's yeah. I, mean, I just I just don't feel like that's what happened in this instance. But this is why I say that. Okay. The same people who are saying this was a false flag. I'm looking at you, Alex Jones, who thinks everything that ever happens. It's a false flag. Everything that ever happens is a false flag attack. That's what's happening here. (laughs) Everybody's got to wake up. They're trying to kill our country. That's pretty good. Before I go any further. I gotta tell you about this new supplement. We 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 can only stay on the air about another week. I know I'm valued at like fourteen million dollars. But I can only stay on the air about another week. You gotta buy these supplements. They're amazing. Okay? Infowars.com. It's the same random crap coming out of his mouth all the time. So I'm glad you like that, Steve. I love it. Okay. But it's it's the same thing over and over. He thinks everything is a false flag attack. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is why that doesn't necessarily make sense if you follow the way that he says it. He, I'm, I guarantee you, I can't verify this. I haven't looked. But I'm, it's a coin flip as to whether or not he believes that the Las Vegas shooting was a false flag attack. Mm-hmm. He, I'm sure he probably does. Of course. Well, he also thought Sandy Hook was or, a false flag attack. Or he says these things just just the same. Right. But he, but there are people who think like him. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And they're genuine about it. Well, he also thought that Sandy Hook was a false flag. And all these other ones were false. Well, that 9-11 was a false flag. So here's the problem. Bush was president in 9-11. And Obama was president in Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. And Trump's president now. So... We have all of these people talking about what Trump's doing and all the bad things Trump might do and can do and wants to do. Well, he's a different president than the other two, and the other two were different presidents than him and different presidents than each other. They all have that in common. So what that's telling you is that if you believe that stuff, you're believing that the president is not nearly as powerful as he's made out to be and that there's a shadow government that's running all this stuff. So... Eventually, you start going down the rabbit hole. Of course, it's a to a place that doesn't make any sense. But where, what? In, how do people get there? How in the, there are people who are saying, you know, this is a false flag attack, and and Trump this, Trump that. Okay, how would Trump benefit from this? It's it's against his platform. Yeah. Well, well, so it must be the Democrats. It must be the liberals who are doing it, and they set this up to pass the gun control, and they would benefit. Okay. Show me evidence of where this would play out and how. Eventually, you're starting to go, there's nothing concrete to back any of this up. So give me something. It's like Trump and the Russians. (laughs) It has been months of all this conjecture and accusations. You know what their big bombshell evidence finally was in the last few days? That the Russians bought ads on Facebook and Google. Well, I mean... They bought ads, Steve. 
Google is supposedly, and just from what I've read, it's an NSA – like somebody came up with it, and it's funded by NSA something – some group right to develop and this and that and they let this developer take it's a it. social engineering thing supposedly which who knows social engineering is real but still i mean but who knows but think about this i, I like entertainment though and that's my kind of entertainment I, I really really enjoy fantastical aspects of things but let's think about this just just on its simplest I'm, level i'm an idiot like they that. think that, well, that makes you thoughtful because you're looking right. for more information. Yeah. But think about this. That's their big bombshell information that Russia bought advertisements on. I don't know about you. I use Adblock on my PC. Yeah. I never see them. If you could find me evidence that the Russians hacked into some of the electronic voting machines and changed results, that's impacting the American election. Yeah. Buying advertisements and somebody goes, hey, I'm going to vote for Trump because I saw that ad. I'm not sure I want them voting anyway. That's part of the problem. I don't care either way. I mean – I, I guess we're supposed uh, sponges for all media that is whatever, but... You're a sponge if you make yourself a sponge. Yeah. Just like you're a sheep if you make yourself a sheep. Mm-hmm. Randy Farrell, who's going to be on the show here soon, he said it best, and it's echoed something that the I've plague. said for years. We are the most... We we are the generation with the most access to information in the history of mankind, and yet we're the most uninformed and uneducated generation in the history of mankind. Because people are apathetic... They're pathetic, and they just do not care about getting information because they would rather be distracted and entertained and amused. And it's it's destroying the fabric of what has made us exceptional since 1776. Yeah, It's an absolute disaster. Most importantly, no matter where you stand on this, and right now I'm kind of in a holding pattern. I just want to see where all this ends up. I want to see what else comes out. Whether they manu- they whoever they are, whether it's manufactured or not, we say they for a reason. I would rather have it. I just I want to see information come in. Let's see what else comes out in the next little while. That's going to be important. I, I, the only thing that I kind of, that I take away from all of this at the end of it is the only thing that I have control over. The only thing you have control over, which is number one, watch your six at all times. Yeah, always that's all you. Can, that's all you can ever do. Six. Don't let nobody back there. And surround yourself with as many people who are watching your six as you can. Yeah. The only problem is that number is never usually as high as you think it is. No. And number two, from me and from Steve, um, our, our, our prayers, and it's okay to say prayers. It's completely okay. If you don't our, like it, you can just not respond don't listen i don't care it doesn't matter that was the censored version of what was going through your head in that that situation um but our 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 constant and our heartfelt prayers and our sympathy to everyone who was affected this is like the six degrees of kevin bacon eventually you get two or three steps out you knew somebody who's involved with this when you've got that many people and it's just devastating to see it and to see so many families i mean you see people who you know had five and six kids that were that were injured or killed you've got to pray for these people and there are people who immediately i saw somebody some idiot celebrity post on instagram and it was the hashtag pray for vegas and they had scratched out pray and put policy reform and i thought this is your typical communist policy it's your typical communist bs of making government your god look it's okay to pray well prayer didn't do anything about it Prayer changes everything, and prayer changes lives. Because when you bring when you bring your thoughts and your emotions and your your cares and your concerns and your anxieties to the throne room of God in heaven, believe me, that is serious business, and it does have an impact. I've watched prayer change lives, and I've had prayer change my life. So our prayers go out to these people, and it, it's heartbreaking to see it. And I know there's nothing we can do now 
But it's free will anyway, and people can't... Absolutely. It's free know. will, and it was evil. That's yeah. what happened. And, and guess but what? But we have to respond in kind and reflect Christ in everything. Yes. And I understand, yes, if you've listened to our show, maybe not everything reflects Christ perfectly, but we're here to make you laugh. But we're not. We're imperfect And here to beings. talk about you. Absolutely. I mean, we're imperfect beings. And, but that's why our show exists. We want to make you laugh, and we want to make you think, mm-hmm. and we want people to enjoy it. And those who have been so heavily affected, and those who have dealt with so many bad things in their lives, and it's not even the thing in Vegas. We've all dealt with trials. We've all dealt with some really difficult things in life, and some things that just suck, and things that haunt us, and things that break us down, and... Everybody, I know it's a meme online. Everybody that you see is fighting a battle that you, that no one else knows about. Well, that's true. And that's why if we can create something like this where you can sit back and listen to it and get away from it for a little while, then I think we've done our job. We've accomplished our goal. It's a creative, creative outlet for us. Yeah. It's something that we can do for ourselves and for other people. Sit back, enjoy it, send us emails. It's a lot of fun. Um, but we, our hearts just go out to everyone that's, in, that's involved in this. Um, we wake up every day. And pray. Every day since September 11, 2001, I've woke up wondering, is this the day I see another terror attack? Is this the day that I see the invasion of Israel in the Middle East? Or is this the day I see another domestic issue here in the United States? And it just happens to turn out that October 1st, 2017 was one of those days that we woke up and saw it. It's not going to stop. Take care of each other. Love each other. Do whatever you can. Pray for each other. Help each other. You'd be amazed at the effect that it has down the line. And that's I, what it's for. Well, that's what it should be. That's and again, that's not the commonality of humanity, but it really is the best of humanity. The problem is we it's, need a to make it it's a minority. Make it, make it common. That is make not common. common any more than common sense Let's is common. Make both common. In our world. I'm not always the most common sense kind of guy, but... You treat your fellow man better than they're going to treat you and better than you would ever treat yourself. Treat them better. I think we just had our next hashtag, make sense common again. (laughs) Make sense. Okay. Uh, So that's our Las Vegas discussion. I know the levity of that wasn't the same as most of the other stuff we were talking about earlier in the show. Um we're also going to have a podcast spotlight in every episode now because we're going to have a podcast. We want to support other podcasters. We want to to send listeners to their show. The best thing about podcasting is it is it's uncensored. It's unedited. You can do as you please. You can say what you want. It's the it's the lone remaining beacon of free speech, no matter what anyone wants to say. Um, and we're, I think if we're going to have a podcast, we should support other podcasters. If you're a podcast fan, support your podcasters in whatever way you can, whether it's word of mouth or communicating with the show, giving feedback, participating in the show. Um, if they are part of Patreon and you can support them with five or ten bucks a month or whatever it is on their platform, which we're going to try to open up here soon, do that. Keep them going. Don't pay a thousand dollars for the new iPhone that you don't even need and then when you have friends and family who are out there trying to do things and have ventures on their own you want them to give you free tickets or give you a free copy of the cd or the book or whatever you've got it backwards support the people you know yeah support the people that matter and that have an impact on you i think that's a very important thing in our world especially those who work in the creative arts um for me big fan of podcasts i find myself listening to more podcasts than music these days by a pretty pretty severe amount if we're being honest um if you're a pro wrestling fan two shows that i think you'll enjoy uh they're both hosted on the podcast one network the ross report with good old jr jim ross jim ross he and he talks to people 
throughout professional wrestling, but he also talks to people from throughout the sports world, journalism, and he's a great interviewer. If you ever listen to JR, you know his work. So check out his show and then listen. And yeah, it's the guy you're thinking about, the Steve Austin Show. Stone Cold has a podcast. Um, he has an unedited, unedited oh, hell version. Yeah. There you go. He has an unedited version called the Steve Austin Show Unleashed. He's not kidding. So check out that show. He talks to JR. JR talks to him. That's good. Um, he interviews a lot of people. I've listened to quite a few episodes of his show, and he does not hold back. He asks the questions that everybody wants to hear, and if they're controversial, they're all shoot interviews. The people in wrestling he talks to, they're not in character or anything. They're shoot interviews, and he brings it with both barrels. It's a lot of fun. Check out his show. Both of those are on the Podcast One Network, and we'll try to highlight two or three shows um, on every episode of different topics and, and tell you a little bit about them. Steve, any any podcast in particular that you like to listen to? Um, I you know I know it's the one I talk about most. Um, I kind of like Shock Factor, but I like intelligent conversation with between people. Um, mm-hmm. I really like I said I respect Joe Rogan, and normally that's the podcast I listen to. Um, I just I like the way they they carry themselves on that. Joe, you know, the Joe Rogan Experience. I don't think that you could have a more apt title I love of a it. podcast. Yeah, it than is the, an experience. It is an experience. Yeah. I to like his stand up too. I, I I just I think he's an interesting guy. Um he's an athlete. He's a comedian. I mean, he's done a lot of different things in his life and he seems like a pretty cool guy. Well, you know, so. he 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 is very Diverse in his interests and his abilities mm-hmm. and he's his a background. Yeah, he's a badass. But what's crazy too. is, I mean, it's it's easy to overlook how sharp he is. Oh, he's, he he's is a very man. thoughtful, very guy. intelligent guy. And I don't agree with everything he says. He's out in left field on some of this stuff. No, but I mean, he the way but he analyzes it. Yeah, the way he analyzes it. Yeah, it's good. I, even if I disagree with you, yeah. I can respect your opinion if you can explain to me how you got there. Mm-hmm. And Rogan can always do that. And I think a lot of him, his his stand up is is very blue. Yeah, it's uh, it's not for the faint of heart or the easily offended. But his first one, which was called "I'm Going to Be Dead Someday," <laughs> um, that one is a favorite amongst the Apex crew over the years. We've we've gotten a lot of mileage out of that. That was a lot of fun. Um, a final piece of news. That was incredibly sad, and it came out in the last couple of days. Uh, for those of you who follow professional boxing, the Cronk Gym was legendary in boxing, and that was a gym started by Emmanuel Stewart, one of the legendary trainers in boxing, um, trained world champions really from the start of his career, Thomas Hearns. He built Thomas Hearns from the ground up at the Cronk Gym in Detroit. Milton McCrory was one of his world champions. He got Michael Moore started when Moore was at the height of his career uh, as a light heavyweight champion and then moving up to heavyweight. He trained Lennox Lewis, rebuilt Lennox Lewis from almost nothing after Lewis was knocked out by Oliver McCall and turned him into one of the most dominant figures in the history of heavyweight boxing. Um, Emmanuel Stewart, a lot of people don't know this, is a West Virginia native. He yeah. was born in Wyoming County mm-hmm. and then moved to, ret- to Detroit, I think, as a teenager, just before he became a teenager, and, and got his start in boxing up there. He started boxing in West Virginia, but but did a lot of things up there, especially as a trainer. Uh, he died a few years ago. He was an analyst for HBO as well as being a trainer. Passed away a few years ago after uh, some longstanding health issues. Uh, very courageous battle dealing with all those things. And I wouldn't expect anything less from Emmanuel. Got to interact with him a couple of times here and there. And was an amazing guy. I'm very proud to have a Kronk Gym shirt in my boxing shirt collection. Um, the gym had some financial issues and closed down for a while. They moved it to a storefront area in a, in a better area of Detroit. Found it over the weekend. The original Kronk Gym burned. Oh, 
Um, it, it was destroyed by fire in a fire that they, they are already calling suspicious. We don't know exactly mm. what happened. But sad Bastards. news for boxing people everywhere that the Kronk Gym is gone. I know it's, it's not what it once was, uh, and I know that they had a new location, and, and Emmanuel's not there anymore. But that was a legacy, and that was a big part of boxing history, especially in the last 30 or 40 years. And to see that gone uh, is, is just heartbreaking for those who are emotionally invested in the sport. That's really a shame. Steve, final comments on pretty much everything we addressed tonight. Uh, From Las Vegas to Richard Simmons and all points in between. <sighs> Another attack of the ADD for me. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I just I like how we just talk normally. You know, this is how we do it when we're in the gym. And uh, we kind of, like I said, we haven't talked really too much person to person in a few days. It's been, a, it's been a few days, but yeah. I think we covered everything now. I kind of, I mean, in some aspects, I mean, you want a little break, but not that long, you know. Um, we are going to be regular. We want to be consistent. We want to be here for you as But that's listeners. why this is the longest show so far. Absolutely. And everybody, do us a favor. This is important to us. Yeah. Do us a favor. If you like the show, if you enjoy the show, and I hope you do if you're listening, give us a share. Give us a like. Tell your friends to be a part of this and enjoy it because we want you to be a part of the show as much as we want to keep producing the show. We're doing this for ourselves. We're doing it for you. We hope you enjoy it. It's been a lot of fun. Just another little reminder again about our social media channels in case you've forgotten or just need to know again so you can share it. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search at Apex Live Podcast. We've got Snapchat for videos and Patreon coming here soon so you can support the show. Uh, If you want to reach us via email, Podcast at gmail.com email.com record your audio commentary and email them to us and we'll play them live on the show we won't filter them we won't censor them you can say what you want then we'll respond in kind but we want you to be a part of the show and i think you'll have a lot of fun doing so steve this one was uh this one was a little crazy yeah i this like one was it a little though. crazy that's cool that's how i felt this evening so. but you know more than anything else thank you to our listeners we hope there's more of you soon we're going to have a blast. Stay tuned for our twitch.tv slash Kung Fu Spaceman crossover. Little spoiler, I found out what Kung Fu Spaceman means. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to go into it. I we'll, don't even uh, know. We'll let Kenny talk about that as well as as well as the rest of his uh, his gaming crew that he plays with on Twitch. They play Overwatch. They play Star Wars. Uh, the Old Republic, quite a few of those other games as well. We may do a little bit of a gaming thing, too. We may do a crossover thing where I jump in and play one of the older games, Age of Empires 2, Quake 3 Arena, something like that. But we're going to have a lot of fun with a lot of these things coming up. We've got some more recordings to do on location, doing some things. We're going to travel. We're going to hit the road and record some episodes. Age of Empires. We've got some guests that are scheduled. For, you know, We're going to bring them in live. We're going to bring them in on Skype. We're going to cover a lot of topics. And we're going to be like South Park. If something big happens... You can expect an episode about it right afterward. Steve, this one was fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. That was fun. I hope you all listen to this one more than once. I'm Brad. That's Steve. And this has been Apex Live. Cause it's my show